the iHeartMedia Complex on WTKS-FM, HD1, Cocoa Beach, Orlando. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Groundbreaking. Critically acclaimed. And now, The Phillips File. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Yeah, it is. Hello there. Good afternoon, everybody. It's a Wednesday edition of the Phillips File. This one for May 2nd of the year 2018. And on Wednesdays, uh, we dispel with the usual openings because we want to get to the heart of the matter. As you know, the Phillips File spends the first 30 minutes at the beginning of every Wednesday, every Wednesday program, so that we can focus our attention on the Central Florida opioid and heroin crisis. Today is interview, Mark's interview number nine. Our guest is Dr. Joseph Thundiel. Now, let me read this about uh, Dr. Thundiel before we get to some questions. Uh, Dr. Thundiel obtained his undergraduate and medical degree at Northwestern University in Chicago, completed his emergency medicine training at Orlando Regional Medical Center. He followed with a master's in public health at the University of California, uh, fellowship training in medical toxicology and occupational environmental medicine at the University of California. Uh, currently triple board certified in emergency medicine, med- medical toxicology, occupational environmental medicine. He's a fellow of both the American College of Medical Toxicology, the American College of Emergency Physicians. I'm not finished yet. He's been active locally and nationally in the fields of medical toxicology and emergency medicine. And Dr. Thundiel serves as volunteer faculty for the Florida Poison and Information Center. He's professor of medicine at the University of Central Florida College of Medicine. He serves on the Orange County Heroin Task Force. I'm not through. Areas of expertise involve work as an emergency physician, a medical toxicologist, serves on the Orange County Heroin Task Force. He treats patients in the emergency departments who suffer from complications of drug use. So, Dr. uh, Thundial, my first question, what do you do in your spare time? (laughs) I mean, come, on, come on this radio program, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, my goodness gracious. Let's get to the heart of the matter. I read uh, today, I don't know if these uh, uh, these statistics or th- this data is correct, but it says 12% of the fatal opioid overdoses in the United, State, uh, United States take place in, in Florida. In Orange County alone, opioid deaths increased by more than 70% over a three-year period. Based on your experience treating emergency overdose cases, would you say that's essentially... On target? That sounds about right. And you know, if you want to take it back even further, Please. You, you said, uh, what was the percent you gave? 70%. 70%. I mean, we've increased like 500% compared to the 20 years ago when I first came to the Orlando, Central Florida area. I mean, when I think back, when I started my emergency medicine training 1998, from 98 to 2001, I feel like I could count on one hand how many times I would see a true opiate-related life-threatening overdose. Now I can go one weekend or one week and count that number, same number, five people or so. So they're rolling in a patient in the emergency room at Orlando Health. And the trauma center essentially is where they come through? They're everywhere, not just in the trauma center. You'll see them in community hospitals. This is not just a problem of a certain demographic or anything. This is really pervades, you know, many socioeconomic spectrums. 
Um, and um, although the, the peak does seem to be ages kind of 18 through 30, we do see that at, at all ages. What's your, I mean, you know, we've had very, we've had recovering addicts, addicts, administrators, uh, people involved in the rehabilitation centers. You're the first medical doctor that we've had on the program addressing this particular issue. Everyone seems to have a, you know, various different way, uh, uh, observations how we got to this crisis. You would term it a crisis that we have? Without a doubt, a crisis. Epidemic? Just to put it in perspective, I, I was telling Moira, you know, we had, if you look over the 20 years of the Vietnam War, yeah. something like 58,000 Americans died. Correct. Last year alone, 64,000 Americans died from drug overdose. The large majority of that is opiate-related overdoses. So, mm. yes, epidemic, and, and I want to thank you for having this program because I don't think people realize the scope of this and how dangerous it is. 64,000 a year. That's Exactly. Now, we will get text messages come in every time we have one of these interviews every Wednesday. And it's essentially, well, this is a decision that they made. It's all their fault. It's a moral decision, blah, 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 blah. I don't buy that. I, I just don't. I don't. What's going on with a, with, with a person who is addicted to an opioid? So addiction is really, it's not a moral failing. It is a disease process. And that's how we in the medical community are taught to, to look at this. Uh, there's treatments for addiction, just like there's treatments for any other medical problem. Like with any medical problem, there are psychosocial factors that may predispose somebody or or make it worse or better, but it's still a medical problem for which we need, at least on the medical side, many medical solutions. Now, your question about how we got here, that does the medical community does take some share of the blame in that. Now we I, I can tell you back when I was a young physician in training, you know, we dramatically changed how we prescribed opiates. There's a lot of external factors, I think a lot of uh, a drug company push and and things to to strongly encourage prescribing of opiate prescription opiate medicines. And we went overnight over a very short period of time from, from being very judicious with how we prescribe yeah. opiates to just going, you know, uh, over the top. Right. Mm -hmm. Did doctors get uh, snookered a little bit? I mean, you know, we all see salesmen coming into doctors' offices. Many doctors, they're family physicians. They, you know, somebody comes in with pain. They've, they've suffered an injury in a workplace or maybe a major back problem. They just can't alleviate any kind of pain. Part of the medical community snookered by the salesman who said, hey, this is non-addictive. Uh, this is the greatest thing that came along since uh, sliced bread. And all of a sudden, uh, the prescriptions come out. And probably in the beginning, many of these people justifiably relieved their pain. Absolutely. And included in those doctors that were snookered was myself. I mean, I... Who can argue with trying to reduce pain and suffering? It's always been an adage in medicine. Even if there's a lot of things we can't do well, one of the few things we can do well is relieve pain and suffering. So when this data, I put data in quotes, comes around that says the potential for addiction is extremely, extremely low, I don't think we questioned it the way we probably should have. And that's why today the majority of heroin users, you know, unlike the 1960s epidemic, when you know you had heroin users, almost all of them got their entree to opiates through heroin. Nowadays, 80% got their entree through prescription drugs, so often from physicians or diverted somehow through physicians. And we had pretty lax regulation overlooking this as well. This is essentially people who are living uh, who are living with uh, severe pain. They wanted to alleviate their pain, and doctors were prescribing these new drugs that came on the market. Then when the when the pill mills or when, you know, the federal government, the state government, the local law enforcement began to crack down on 
pill distribution and on the pharmacies, then people had to look elsewhere to, is that where fentanyl, is that where heroin came in, into play? I would say that's partially true. I don't want to blame the the rise of the opiate, uh, the heroin epidemic on the shutting of the pill mills. Rather, it was the rise of the pill mills which um, which fueled the fire, if you will. So I think it created an appetite and hunger. And if you look at the data that supports that, once we started prescribing opiates, yes. the number of users and deaths went up. But in the background, heroin use started to increase at that same time. Why so is that? Fed an appetite. They're related drugs, really. And and maybe I, I, sh- I should make that point. They all come from the same poppy plant, the Percocet, um, heroin, fentanyl. They're all derived from the same drug. And they all have essentially similar effects. But, you know, one might be a little bit more powerful or give you a stronger rush, or maybe be more effective in certain situations, but they all come from the same chemical. I would imagine all the, is it opioid or opiate? Does it make any difference? We, we, they're, opiate suggests it's naturally derived, opioid suggests that it's synthetic. So we, for the purposes of this, we'll just call it opioids, and we'll include them all. Do you think there was more of a turn towards heroin because of, you know, a lot of this is just market-driven. If there's a demand, somebody is going to fill the demand. And if I can get, if I'm addicted to something, I want to alleviate the pain. I'm not trying to get high. I just don't want to go with, through withdrawal, and I'm trying to alleviate the pain. Somebody says, well, here's a pill. Here's your pill, and it's going to cost you $25. And somebody else says, yeah, but I can get you a hit of heroin for $10. I mean, is, is that part of what you saw as well, or am I just way off base with that? Yeah, I think you're in the right vicinity in that there. Yeah, there is some degree of market driving, and probably as a medical community, we maybe lowered that barrier, maybe lowered it too much to rather than prescribing and saying, be careful, these are potentially addictive substances. And I think we ourselves didn't appreciate how addictive they were. Um, this has the potential to lead to other things like addiction or you know use of heroin. And you time it not just with market forces, but the marketing, there was a heavy influx around this time of cheap available heroin that came into communities all across the United States, much cheaper, much easily available. Uh, There was, if you actually read some of the the stories about how drug distribution occurred, very simple paging systems. I mean, they deliver more effectively than like a pizza, a delivery pizza place or Uber (laughs) Eats. They would just come to your house. You didn't have to go to a a back alley and buy this stuff. It was very easy to obtain. And fentanyl is now taking the place of heroin? Yes. So, and, and and if you can explain to the audience, what is fentanyl? So fentanyl is another synthetic opioid, and that's actually a drug that we use in the hospital setting to treat pain, but it's much more powerful than okay. than heroin, and it's even gone a step further. After fentanyl, there have been even additional synthetic drugs that are related to fentanyl. They have names like sufentanyl or carfentanyl or aryl fentanyl. These are all. Uh, what we call derivatives or or They tweaked it somehow. Yeah, and they're even more powerful than the fentanyl itself and therefore more dangerous. Tell me, I think you mentioned a few minutes ago that somewhere along the line you were buying into the, you know, what the the pharmaceutical companies were saying and you privately said, well, this is these pills when they first came out, you know, they're helping to alleviate pain. And then you had, I think you indicated you had a change of thought when it, came t- to their use. When, when did that happen? Walk me through the process of what what happened with you. I mean, you're an expert in this particular field, but you kind of, I don't want to say you went along for the ride for a while, but you came to the conclusion, something's not right here. I think myself, like many physicians, started realizing that people would come in with things that we would 
traditionally consider more minor complaints and seem to be requiring larger and larger amounts of opiates. You know, there are some things, I mean, back pain can be debilitating sure. or an ankle sprain can be really bad, but that often doesn't warrant months of opiates, a month-long prescription. There were some outside pressures too. You know, hospitals are under pressures for patient satisfaction sure. scores. There were a variety of, uh, some of these drug companies were were helping sponsor lawsuits against physicians who inadequately treated pain, right. reporting them to state medical boards and things. So there were a lot of uh, pressures, but I think we started to realize there are a lot more people who need more and more of this, and it's starting to not feel right anymore, and we're feeling more and more more pressured to do this. And then at the same time, the CDC and large organizations showed nationally that the number of people dying is dramatically going up, and we need to get our arms around it. Our guest this afternoon is Dr. Joseph Thundiel. Among other things, he's on the Orange County Heroin Task Force. He treats patients in the emergency departments who suffer from complications of drug use. Let me take a little break. When we come back, I'd like to have you walk through the process of when somebody comes in and you have to treat someone. You're not in long-term care. You're in the business of somebody's having an crisis. overdose. At that particular point in time, they're, having a, they're in physical crisis. So I'd like to walk, have you walk us through that. Some other things as well. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. You're listening to the Phillips File. Yeah, it's the Phillips File for this uh, Wednesday, May 2nd. You know, on Wednesdays for the first 30, now 40 minutes, we uh, spent focusing on the opioid, opiate crisis here in Central Florida. And our guest today is Dr. Joseph Thundiel. Among other things, we read his his bio. It's it, I can't read it again. It would be here forever. <laughs> but he is a member of the Orange County Heroin Task Force, and he also treats patients in the emergency departments who suffer from complications of drug use. So you're the guy, they wheel the, they wheel the uh, person who's overdosed, wheel them into the emergency room, then you take over. Tell me what's going on with the patient and what are you doing with the patient? So most of the time, if they've come in with an overdose, the reason they've come in is that they've stopped breathing. I mean, one of the side effects of these opiate medicines is they shut down your respiration center. And so they stop breathing. So the, the most available and easy antidote, which, by the way, now is available over the counter. Well, I would say over the counter, but standing order at certain pharmacies, CVS and Walgreens in particular, you don't need a prescription at those two places, is a medicine called naloxone or Narcan. It's Narcan. an antidote that's been around for 40, 50 years. Anybody who is a user can now, doesn't have to go through a physician. Um, it used to be only physicians and paramedics had this. Now you can actually have it at home. Uh, it's available by nasal spray. It's available by a, like a talking needle device. And this can really, if given soon enough, it can revive somebody who stopped breathing. So I have one in my briefcase. And I, and I guess my concern or the concern of many people would be, here's somebody unconscious or beginning to go, become unconscious. I don't know if they're having a stroke, if they're having a heart, heart attack. I don't know if they got hit by a car. Uh, maybe they're having a drug overdose. And so... Would people be hesitant to the pe some people? I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not going to spray anything up their nose. Would it hurt? I mean, let's say they're having a heart attack, and I think it's a drug overdose. And I'm breaking out my Narcan, and I spray it up their nose. What's going to happen? Anything? You had the same question that most people have, which what? How dangerous is it? Right. It's not dangerous. It's remarkably safe. Um, if you give it to somebody who's not having an overdose or who's maybe unconscious for some other reason, it's not going to have any adverse effects. I mean, it's so safe 
that now our law enforcement officers, many of them actually carry naloxone because we know time from being down to time to get in naloxone is critical. So if we can shorten that time, so if, for example, if police are there before paramedics, they often carry it and will administer it. And they have done a tremendous job, and they will tell you they've seen people revive because of those efforts. How immediate is it? It depends if within seconds to a minute or two. Seconds? It, yeah, they especially if we give it right IV, up. boom. And I, I compare it to, like, waking Lazarus from the dead. I mean, we have seen people well, are. who are blue, and they're like, I think they look for all practical purposes dead, and you give it and they pop right up boom, and, and, and are fine. conversational. Um, now, it's not to say it's the cure-all. Like, there are it, situations where they've been down too long mm. or other things where it's not going to work, and that's why people die. And the big thing to realize is the large majority of these deaths are not happening in a back alley somewhere. They're happening at home. So this is a medicine. Everybody who has an opiate at their house should carry naloxone uh, in their house, you know, just like, you know, Tylenol or something. Yeah, if not, you know, in a briefcase or in your purse or whatever, you never uh-huh. know when you might right. have to right, right. You know, pull it out. If you come and, upon that, I mean, you're a good Samaritan, boom. Right. And, and so, there, so somebody's wheeled into the emergency room. You're, you're called immediately. And what happens? I mean, let's say, I don't even know what, and the Narcan doesn't work. I mean, mm-hmm. there are other procedures that you can do, or is it? Yeah, there are other procedures. Now, I will say, I mean, you hit them for with something example, else, you give them a shot of something that we're not aware of. and You know, the way the Narcan works is, you know, you have these receptors in your brain which bind this, this heroin mm-hmm. morphine molecule. And the Narcan comes and essentially flicks it off and takes that spot. Um, with some of the stronger fentanyls and stuff, you need more Narcan than you would for regular morphine. So sometimes we have to give additional Narcan. Yeah, okay. um, sometimes that, if that doesn't cut it, we have to put them on respiratory support or life support until their body can metabolize some of it. Talk to me about the withdrawal process or or what people are going through with withdrawal. We hear the biggest fear of people who are addicted is the, is is their fear of withdrawal. Yeah. Because it is so terrible. And what they're doing by by giving themselves another shot or whatever they're doing is is trying to ward off the withdrawal. It's Terrible a, feeling. I think most people think, oh, they just they just want to get high. They just want to get high. They want to get high again. And in effect, no, is that's not correct. They're just trying to ward off withdrawal. having the flu ten times over, a hundred times over. Yeah, and let me talk about it in two separate parts. First, sure. let me talk about tolerance. So. One of the issues is, as you use this drug, you need more of it to achieve the same desired effect. I likened it to, to you know, my son, when he was like four or five years old, he played that, that game where you snatch a, a stuffed animal with that claw, right. and you pay a dollar, give him a dollar, and thinking he'd never win, and he'd learn his lesson, but sure enough, he won. And now every time, he's 12 years old, now we walk by a machine, he's got to play it. And it's that desire to kind of get, you know, get that euphoric effect. And people have to use more and more. And, and that's probably where the market for the stronger drugs like fentanyl, sufentanyl, and so forth has come around is for that. Now, here's the dangerous part. The dangerous part is your tolerance to the euphoria or the high gets grows faster than your body's tolerance to the respiratory depression. Okay. That's why this drug is so dangerous. And you don't know as a person what you know where you are when you hit the level you don't know until you die or until you stop breathing mm -hmm. so that's the real danger and so people go with higher and higher amounts now one of the other things that happens is the the as you use this chemical so think about it we our body normally produces some degree of endorphins that help control or modulate pain in our body so when um you start using this morphine related molecule your body doesn't produce it anymore so now when you stop, 
everything hurts. And that's the way people describe it. Like I think you said the flu a hundred times over, body aches, vomiting, diarrhea. The good news is even though it feels life-threatening, it is not, you don't die from heroin withdrawal the way you can from other types of drug withdrawals. It just feels like you're going to die. Anyone who's been a patient who's had to be on these uh, medications can even tell you um, as you stop, part of you wants to reach into that medical uh, medicine cabinet. It's calling you. I need another dose. And there's a point at which you have to let your body start to create these endorphins again on their own. But it's that withdrawal that's so painful that require that kind of gets people to continue can to continue to use. Kind and of that's where, back in. And that's where the medical treatment, you know, uh, which you probably will have someone on the yeah. treatment side talk at a different time, but that's where the medical... It's like being seasick. You want to die. You think you're going to die. You're not going to die from being seasick, unless you fall overboard, maybe. And, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's not going to happen, but you, but anybody who's ever been seasick, they said, geez, I wish, I'm glad the captain doesn't keep a gun on board. They they say it. And, and like yeah. seasickness, you will recover, yeah. and you'll go through some misery days, and even after people recover, though, people will say that, that they still have these cravings. Mm-hmm. So... You know, and that ongoing treatment is, is helpful. Dr. Joseph Thundiel is our guest. Let me ask you a question. Is it automatically addictive? We used to hear the stories about crack cocaine. I'll never do crack cocaine. Once you do crack cocaine, you're a crack addict. Is that the same with any of these substances? If, for instance, I went out there for whatever reason, I shot myself up with a moderate dose or whatever of heroin or anything else, am I automatically addicted? Is it the high where I'm going to go, geez, man, I've got to do that a second time? Not everybody, and which is what makes it scary. Some people, and this is where addiction gets confusing. We don't know why some people are predisposed to uh, getting addicted and needing it and why others aren't. But recently there was a very, very big medical study with thousands of patients where they looked at people, and this is just the prescription drug side. For people, as much as 5% of people who are on a prescription opiate for three days mm-hmm. will be on it one year later meaning they're going to need it. And as you go to seven days, that number goes up to about 7% or really? so. So it shows you that there's probably a certain subset of people who have a predisposition to addiction to this chemical and others who, who may not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't roll the dice, though. You could have an addictive personality to something, but that doesn't make you more... That wouldn't, that wouldn't increase the odds for you to be an addict. I mean, the, it, one is psychological and one is just it, it's, it's essentially biochemical. It's not entirely clear. I mean, there is, there are different factors that play into addiction. There is a psychological component. There are right. always people who tend to do things to the nth degree. But there is also a physical, biological component, too, where some people are predisposed, just like with alcoholism and other things. Some people are predisposed to it. And and we we don't know yet. We can't predict yet who those people are going to be. You're part of the Orange County Heroin Task Force. You're uh, an emergency room physician. Who uh, who treats people who come in with overdoses? Is there something along the line that you hear about that the community's not aware? It seems that every time we try to get a handle on one of these substances, something else comes along to take its place. Is there? Are you hearing any noise about? You know, we are the the newest noise are in the so the good news is we've seen deaths from prescription drugs start to drop. We've seen deaths from heroin start to drop, in and, our, and that's why because of awareness. I think some of it is awareness, but some of it may be, and some of it are the efforts by the task force, yeah. by law enforcement, by treatment providers, but some of it also may be, um, some of the people are moving to some of the, the stronger drugs. And so, whereas those deaths are decreasing, the deaths from fentanyl and fentanyl analogs is going up. So that's, 
one of the areas that we really need to continue to create awareness, um, get uh, get people to obviously to stop using, prevent um, non-users from even starting because it can be a very slippery slope. I read a story recently, and this has worked in some communities, hasn't worked in other communities, and that's a clean needle exchange. Uh, you have a, 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 an observation one way or the other? Or is there... We're talking about a different thing, because clean needle exchange is more about trying to prevent some of the secondary complications of IV drug use. So that is really trying to, you know, almost half of the country Transmission of AIDS yes, or Hep-C HIV and, and things like that. Uh, correct. So okay. that it's a different issue. I mean, there are other counties that have tried safe uh, injection zones where people can go. But, you know, a lot of the deaths, too, are not even by people who think they're using fentanyl. We've had a few reported deaths where people took a pill that they thought was a Xanax or thought was a Percocet and ended up having fentanyl. We have cases of people who purchased uh, cocaine and it was laced with fentanyl, and those people died that way. So there are other ways people are dying that has nothing to do with what their intended use of the product So is. here's a stupid question. For, uh, the question, so if if you're looking for a particular substance, I, I need a, I need a heroin fix. Uh, why wouldn't there? Could anybody come up with a with a test package? They don't know what they're buying. Is it heroin or is it fentanyl or is it some kind of elephant tranquilizer out there where they could test it themselves before they before they use it? Does that make it, or is that just too complicated? Where you need a microbiologist or somebody <laughs> to come in, a, a, a chemist of some sort. You could do it. I'm I'm sure, but. I, it's outside of my area of expertise. <laughs> I'm sure somebody could develop something like that. I don't, and who there might even be something that I'm not aware of. But as of now, I don't know that something like that exists yeah. or that's reliable and accurate. So where do you where do you see this going from from here now? Well, I I see hope. I mean, the fact that our county convened a task force before most other counties. We've seen our deaths. Uh, drop a little fat our mortality is not as high as some of the other countries are the responses in increasing though or are they getting more calls and saving lives so you know you have these crossing of lines you have maybe an increase in responses but a decrease in deaths because paramedics and doctors physicians like you are are are, are, are keeping people, people alive yeah. yeah i mean that could be part of it but some of those increased responses might also just be awareness i think people know this person can die if they don't get help and we also are just more aware of it. So it's possible. But, you know, it took us almost 20 years to get to where we are now. I don't think it's going to disappear overnight. But I see communities getting together, talking about it. Yeah. I see stigma dropping off, which helps a lot. Right. I really encourage anyone who has an issue with it, if they talk to their health provider, discuss your addiction, because this is how we can work towards getting people clean. It is not always an easy road. But it is doable. I have worked alongside people in different areas that I didn't know were addicts and suffered through addiction and have gotten clean and are now functional people. They are parents. They are um, they they work. They provide their community yeah, professionals, yeah. and they it's it's doable. I mean, you think about the the ability to take care of your family and to 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 uh, continue to have a job and work with the community. All those are taken away from you if you don't go and get, potentially taken away from you if you don't go get help. Dr. Joseph Thundeal is our guest. A couple of minutes. You have children. How many children do you have? Two. How old? 12 and 11. You talk to them about this? Not yet. <laughs> do you, I mean, I know in your mind you probably, you, you, you know you're going to have to talk to them about, about all this sooner or later. Absolutely. Do you have this, a plan of attack yes, or uh, is it? 
absolutely. This is something, you know, we talk about drugs in general. They're not quite ready for the injectable uh, drug talk, but it is, it will come up and it's going to, you know, come up very quickly. They're, you know, basically in that middle school age. So I encourage parents to talk about this. And um, it's one of the areas Orange County Task Force has worked on is, is getting into the school systems and providing education because the use rates right now in that teenage group are not very high and we hope it stays that way. In fact, mm -hmm. we really hope mm -hmm. it never gets high. A lot of times it's that group that goes on, graduates high school, that then starts to use at some point in their near future. We don't want them to stop to start using and there's this concept in drug use of generational forgetting where one generation learned it was dangerous they don't use it but the generation after them uh, starts using it and right. we don't want that to happen either we don't want this to be a problem that you know maybe it gets better and then gets worse again in 10 or 15 years we've got to attack it from all fronts which the task force has been doing law enforcement medical treatment um uh, education and legal so it's i'm very pleased to see this happening and i think we're going to continue to see improvements but it does take a lot of communication. It does take a lot of people in the community becoming involved. Takes a lot of stepping effort forward, by a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Uh, by the way, we always get the text. What do we do? What you know? They'll say I've got somebody who's in crisis or whatever, and we always, at least from what we gathered, call two one one. If you call two one one, they'll direct you. They'll they'll take the they'll call find your and they'll program. try they'll, yep. to direct you to the proper uh, tr the proper facility or. Or I believe you can text two one one as well. Whatever you need to do to get help, Doctor uh, Joseph Thundio. Thanks for being a guest. You're absolutely terrific. Thank you for doing this we, show. Yes. We like you to come back again as well. All right, there we go. Let's take a little break. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio one hundred four point one. Let's get to the news with Mo. Before that, though, uh, thanks to Dr. Joseph Thundiel for being our guest earlier in the hour. He was excellent. He's, uh, of course, on the Orange County Heroin Task Force. He's an emergency phys physician here in town who uh, works with uh, patients in the emergency departments who suffer from complications of drug use. It was absolutely terrific. I said, you know, I thought I could go to medical school, but it was that organic chemistry that was really, uh, you know, that's... What did that, he say to you? Yeah, he said, that's a piece of cake. He said, a piece of cake? Yeah, that's just a piece of cake. Yeah, look over all these things that these doctors and others go through and their, 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 their mm -hmm. training and their degrees. And good God almighty, man. He was good, though. He was good. All right, let's get to the news. Here's Mo. I think uh, we will tell you that the la-di-da uh, in its Wednesday form brought to you by Fox 35, the news station, for bigger, bolder, better news coverage. Watch Fox 35 at 10 with Charles Billy and Luann Sorrell right after your favorite Fox primetime shows only on Fox 35, the news station. I think now the death count is up to five. Uh, a um, National Guard cargo plane crashed in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. A couple of hours ago, it turns out all of them, Jim, were part of the Puerto Rico Air National Guard. Emergency responders went to a small town outside of Savannah called Pooler. The Savannah Air National Guard says the C-130 Hercules plane went down while performing a training mission outside of the Savannah Hilton Head Airport. No, that's not good. No. No. Five people confirmed on board. I think all five confirmed. The report in the New York Times today about how hurricane relief money mm, has Rico. gone from the Department of Education out to various colleges and universities in the United States that were adversely affected, whether by floods, by hurricanes, by storms, and whatever. Millions and millions and millions of dollars. Mm. And who got the shaft? Oh, the place that was devastated more than anybody Worse. else, Puerto Rico. The, uh, I watched last night the new Frontline documentary was on, on Puerto Rico well, and the hurricane yeah. efforts, but they chronicled that as well as their financial issues over the past 
30 years, how they got to where they are today, and also the the yeah. failure of relief efforts. Yeah, there. part of it's their own making. Part mm-hmm. of it is, uh, well, it's Puerto Rico, and uh, what do we care? Mm-hmm. We should. I mean, they're absolutely devastated, that island. They get another hurricane mm-hmm. like they got last year, and there won't be anybody left. Yeah. Uh, in continuing in aeronautical news. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, how about that? Aeronautical news. Right? Too low. Look, no one was hurt, thank Mayday. goodness, Mayday. after a Southwest Airlines flight had to <laughs> land due to a broken window. Can you imagine the freak Again? out? A, boom, the window was cracked. And they think, Phew! but nothing happened. That's what you're thinking. I'm thinking. This flight was from Chicago to Newark, was diverted to Cleveland. Tighten that seatbelt. They showed a huge crack, and a portion of the window's glass appeared to be missing. You know, it's a double glass on the outside, Mm -hmm. and then there's glass on the inside. The outside piece, a piece of it was off. Uh, In a statement, Southwest says the plane's flight crew made the decision to land the plane in Cleveland and check out what the hell was going on. The airline said it was working to figure out what to do with the passenger with the uh, well, eight seventy six passengers. There's any flight crew that could put people at ease at Southwest. They're great. Yeah, the uh, was it the seven thirty seven seven hundred? I don't know what it was. Oh, that's what I flew, and that was the same one that had the engine problem. Southwest. Oh, so they already favorite. worked up a couple of jokes about broken windows, and oh, my yeah, he got to Southwest. They're my favorite. I know he can. I know he can. <laughs> no, no, that's what that they say. Yeah, no, we can. I know we can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they were first great. time I heard that sound. What the? And they're then funny, get everybody's right? they're, laughing. They're cute. I think they're very cute. The 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 president of the Florida Senate has resigned. Joe Negron. You know the name. What? He's stepping down Wild. in a letter to the governor, Baldy. Going to run for governor. Negron said he's resigning in about six months in November and would not serve out the remaining two years on his term. I don't know. We'll ask uh, Scott Maxwell later in the program what right, that's all Negron about. Negron says he wants to honor the limits of two straight four-year terms for state senators. He wants to honor the term limits. People, you know, uh, Governor Baldy talking about running for something, right? He finishes up his two terms as governor, and now he's going to run for U.S. Senate from Florida, right? And there's an ad running now where he talks about term limits. So he's still wearing that Navy cap? Not anymore. Not in the ad. Yeah, because he got, he's the, you know, you know why he took it off. Because it messes with the little hair he has left? No. no, he wears the Navy cap. You see somebody wearing a Navy cap, you know, like John McCain or whatever. Okay, John McCain, the graduate of Annapolis, fighter pilot, the whole mishmooka. Yeah. You know, got the medals, POW, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. you look at uh, the governor of Florida wearing that Navy cap. He was in the Navy. He was on a destroyer. He's already said he didn't serve any time in a combat zone or anything like that. was, I think, uh, based primarily in Bermuda during the Vietnam conflict. And he says uh, most of the time he uh, made some extra money by selling uh, soda on... uh, Seriously? Yeah, and colas on on board the destroyer. Mm, Something's wrong with him. Yeah, so, wait, come on now. Come on now, Governor Bolton. What are you doing? Cut it out. Take that hat off. It's not like you're on a riverboat in the Mekong Delta for crying out loud. Well, he's earned the right to wear the hat. However, in a political in in that form, he's trying to garner favor. Of course, he is. So that just needs to be pointed out. Well, that's what I'm wear, pointing out. Yeah, you, we're going to point out your record. Yeah, the guys are on the Mekong Delta, yeah. you know, behind the uh, 50 caliber or 30 caliber machine gun, you know, fighting off the Viet Cong, and this guy selling soda pop yeah. on a destroyer in Bermuda. Yeah. It's 25 There's a cents. Big difference. Give me a mellow yellow. That's how you learn to make a profit. Either, or maybe to rob people. Yeah. <laughs> What's the first thing you think of when I tell you that the Republican National Committee is having its spring meeting at the Trump National Doral Miami Golf Club? 
Sounds like a nice time. Sounds like fun. Miami. Mm-hmm. Miami. Miami Beach. Dolly. Okay. I... 305. Uh-huh, the 305. I'm on the right. Jackie Gleason show. Financial disclosure Points. documents, Jim, show that they, the Republican Party, the RNC, yeah. has already spent a quarter of a million dollars on venue rental for this party, uh, for this meeting, and catering fees to the Trump Hotel in Miami in Doral. Well, that, that's all privately donated mm-hmm. money. That's not yeah. government fun. That's not our tax money. That's in addition to more than half a million that the RNC spent earlier this year at another property owned by the Trump family. Still President. might be illegal because they're using sketchy. political position to make a, a financial profit. And I believe that may be against the law. Oh. The Welcome to Key West sign is back up. That's good news. It was down after the hurricane during Irma last September. Then it was stolen, eventually turned up on the Gulf Coast over in Fort Myers Beach. What is this? The Welcome to Key West sign. Oh. Did Jimmy Buffett steal it? I don't know. He's yeah, not in Fort Myers Beach. It's been refurbished the with the help heads. from... <laughs> it's been refurbished and was unveiled yesterday right at where US1 and Key West meet, welcoming visitors to Key West. Well, so it's back. We thank, found it. Thank goodness it's we know back. where Key West we is. We found now. it. It's back. It's all good. Um, yeah. NASA is sending uh, a robot to Mars to dig into the Mars, the planet's surface. It's called the Mars Insight spacecraft. It will launch Saturday from out in California and will literally dig up stuff uh, and bring it back to better understand the makeup of the red planet Mm. and how it was formed. Oh, today is May 2nd. Food. Uh, Yeah. Then birthdays. I got it. Uh, May 2nd. Uh, Today's National Truffles Day. All right. So that's good. Truffles, always a good time. Like the chocolate or Or the the mushroom? No, the mushroom. I think it's the mushroom you want. Cool. Even better. I like those. that's good okay. stuff. Shave some shaved truffles. Don't even get me started, bro. Mm-hmm. On some pasta, some ravioli. Oh, you ever had truffles? I mean, real honest to goodness, shaved truffles. All yes. they put is a teeny little piece. Oofa. Happy it's happy birthday delicious. today to David Beckham. Well, David Beckham is now uh, you know. forty-seven years old. Forty-five. I don't know. Forty-six. No, Pinkman forty-three. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He wishes. <laughs> How about Pinkman? You go first now. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. The Rock Johnson. He's got to be. You know, I'm gonna stick with the same answer and say 45. I'll nope. go 44. I'll go 46. No. On the dot jacket. Yeah. Damn it. So close. You went the wrong way, Pop. I he know. just had a baby, you know. And Donatella Versace, Ooh, sister of Giovanni uh, Versace. The below fat, the fat lips. She's got very, she terrible, very, terrible cosmetic surgery. I don't know if that's what it's from. Yeah, it was. Anyway, well, I don't know what else it would be unless she got hit by a bus. Donatella's burped up. Got those Donald Duck lips. I know. How old is Donatella Versace? Not my turn. Oh, who goes Jack. first? Jack? Oh, uh, Donatella, mm, 51. <sighs> Go, Pop. 57. Oh, double nickel, 55. Uh, Jim, 63 there you go. years Lame. of age, and that's the lottie done. Just call me Moira. We'll get to more news as the afternoon wears on. We'll yes. take a little break. When we come back, uh, bonus round of closest to the pin, your opportunity to win that You, Minutes, you Matter business card. We'll open up the lines, and Mr. Pinkman will choose one of you at random to play against him. Next on Real Radio 104.1. <laughs> to win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. From...
And now the Phillips File presents a game that is not about being right or wrong. Wrong! It's a game that rewards the lucky. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! It's a game where you just have to be close. That's right! You've got that right! The game is closest to the pin! Let's go while we're young! And now, here's your ever-excited host, Jim Phillips! Yeah, that's right, Nate's on the line. Nate will play against Pinkman in this bonus round of closest to the pin. He's vying to win that You Matter business card that would guarantee him good fortune for the rest of his life. Yeah, that You Matter business card. If Nate loses, however, 24 hours of bad luck, that will be the fate mm. for Nate. So, Mr. Pinkman, if you will head to the soundproof booth, we'll bring you back in a couple of minutes mm-hmm. to set your handicap for the afternoon. Nate, how are you? I am great. All right, Nate, here we go. Here's how it works. You know what's going on. Settle down there, son. He's rhyming. Yeah. <laughs> Nate is great. Get it? Nate yeah, is great. Yeah. Nate is great. Yes. That's his fate. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Greetings, yeah. gate. Let's gravitate. I got ten questions for you, all right? Ten questions. Answer to the best of your ability. Here we go. Countdown for Nate. In three, two, one, begin. Nate Gibson, the iconic American guitar maker, is filing for bankruptcy. Gibson Guitar Company was founded in what year? Uh, 1893. How old is actor Mel Gibson? Uh... 71. Henry Gibson was an actor best known for his characters on the NBC comedy show Laugh-In. Laugh-In ran for how many seasons? 13. Oh, Henry was one of America's greatest short story writers. He died in what year? Uh, 1920. The O. Henry candy bar was first sold in what year? 1941. The late John Candy was best known for his role in the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that came out in what year? 1995. Talk about automobiles. The Hudson Car Company went belly up in what year? 1948. Henry Hudson was an English explorer best known for voyages into Canada and the American Northeast, hence the Hudson River. He died in what year? Nineteen oh one. How old was comedian Joan Rivers when she died? Ninety. Get it within twenty-five. You went outright. If Joan Rivers was a crow in Brooklyn, New York, her birthplace, she would have to fly how many miles to reach Albany, New York, the state capital? Uh, eighty-five. Time. Eighty-five. Got it. Write it down. There we go. All right. Pinky. Here comes Pinky. Mm-hmm. Eating his mm-hmm. juji fruit. By the way, we will uh, get the list of Kentucky Derby entries and uh, cut them up and pick our horses this afternoon. If we don't do it this afternoon, we'll do it tomorrow. Justify oh is now the odds-on favorite. That's correct. To win the Kentucky Derby. All right, Mr. Pingman, I have 10 questions for you. But first thing first, we're going to let you roll the dice. Your normal handicap is 18, but whatever the number comes up after rolling the dice will take off from 18. That will be your handicap for this afternoon and this afternoon only. So roll those bones. All right. Oh. <laughs> what do you got? Eight. All right. Okay. The there you go. Way. Got 10-second handicap. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Mm, Three, two, one, begin. Pinky Gibson, the iconic American guitar maker, filing for bankruptcy. Gibson Guitar Company was founded in what year? 
1930. How old is Mel Gibson, actor Mel Gibson? He is 62. Henry Gibson was an actor best known for his characters on the NBC comedy show Laugh-In, Laugh-In ran for how many seasons? Five. Oh, Henry was one of America's greatest short story writers. He died in what year? Uh, 1821. The O. Henry candy bar was first sold in what year? 1912. The late John Candy was best known for his role in the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that came out in what year? That was 1987. Talk about automobiles. The Hudson Car Company went belly up in what year? 1954. Henry Hudson was an English explorer best known for voyages into Canada and the American Northeast, hence the Hudson River. He died in what year? 1689. How old was comedian Joan Rivers when she died? 81. Get it within 25, you went outright. If Joan Rivers was a crow in Brooklyn, New York, her birthplace, she would have to fly how many miles to reach Albany, New York, the state capital? 78. Time? Oh, boy. Here we go. Let's take a look at it. Score this game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I have a bet for Mr. Pinkman. Oh, you do? Lovely. Do. Get my bet. Right. Uh, the Gibson uh, Guitar Company founded in what year, Nate said? Uh, 1893. And Pinkman. 1930. 1902. That would be Nate. How old oh. is actor Mel Gibson, Nate said? 71. Pinkman. 62. Right on the money, 62. What? Oh, yeah. Henry Gibson, best known for his characters on NBC's Laugh-In. Laugh-In ran for how many years, Nate said? Uh, 13 seasons. Uh, five. Six. Oh, Pinky. Oh, Henry, one of the great authors, short story writers that the United States has ever uh, produced. He died in what year, Nate said? 1920. And Pinkman? 1821. 1910. Oh, that would be Darn Nate. It. The O'Henry Candy Bar was first sold in what year, Nate said? 1941. Pinkman? 1909. Not too far off. I'm sorry, 1912. Pinkman 1909 said. is the 1909 answer. Is 1909. The answer. Okay. Uh, close enough. The late John Candy, best known for his role in the movie Planes, Trains, Automobiles, came out of what year, Nate said? 95. Pinkman? 87. Right on the money, 1987. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Another yeah. one on the dot, Pinky. Talk about automobiles. The Hudson Car Company went belly up in what year, Nate said? 1948. Pinkman? 1954. Right on the money, 1954. Another one on the dot, Pinky. Oh, yeah. Henry Hudson, English Explorer, Hudson River, all that jazz. He died in what year, Nate said? 1901. And Pinkman? 1689. 1611. Pinky. Two to go. How old was comedian Joan Rivers when she died? Nate said. 90. Pinkman. 81. Right on the money, 81. Another one on the dot. You may have set a record for yourself today. Oh, my word. Uh, It comes down to the crow question. Nate is way behind, but if he gets this within 25, he wins outright. That's true. If Joan Rivers was a crow in Brooklyn, New York, her birthplace, she would have to fly how many miles to reach Albany, New York, the state capital? Nate said. 85 miles. Pinkman. 78. The answer, 157. Uh, Pinkman wins 11 to 3. There you go. Nate picked up that point, but not good enough. Sorry, Nate. Bad luck for you for 24 hours. The countdown begins now. Thanks for playing that bonus round of closest to the pin. Remember, close only counts in horseshoes. Good job. Hand grenades. To the pin. Pin. Did you really pin. know some of those answers? Just pull them out of your arse. I uh, may have guessed on most of them. Uh, you got four on the dot out of the ten. You know, it's just another day being me. Oh, my God. What's, what am I at? 32-31 now? 32-31, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll make you a bet. Now you're not upside down at least. Go on. Oh. Uh, race car driver Danica Patrick. This is her uh, last year driving as a pro. And um, was she 36 now? 
So she will be in the Indianapolis 500 if she makes the cut. I think they're 35, 37 cars, and they cut the last two, whatever. But I think she'll make the cut, and I will bet you $1 that Danica Patrick, who doesn't have a great, I mean, you can't, you can't, uh, I mean, she's had great accomplishments in breaking that glass ceiling as far as uh, being a race car driver, female race car driver. I say she comes in the day to, in the uh, Indianapolis 500, the Danica Patrick places within the top 10. Within the top 10, you say? Mm hmm. She'll finish within the top 10. How about top eight? And you've got a deal. How about the top nine? Deal. Dollar. Oh. All right. Dollar. When is that? Like 4th of July or something? Or Memorial Day? It's like a Memorial Day, isn't it? It's coming up, yeah. Brickyard? Mm-hmm. Whatever they call it? That's right. I don't think yeah, I've ever watched it from start to finish. No, well, it's kind of boring if you're not there. She got in a race car. She didn't know, she didn't know how to start it. Did you? What? She got in her new race car, and she said, how do I start this thing? No key? I don't think they're keys. There might be a button. Oh, a button. Yeah, maybe there's a button. No, it's like a, a password that you say. Yeah, I have the same issue in any car made in the past five years. These keys that you, you don't... You I'm don't used to a key. You put in the ignition and you turn it. Yeah. Everything else, these fob things, I'm not a fan. I don't think there's a fob. I don't even know if there's a button. Pinkman might be right. Maybe you talk to it. Car Start on. <laughs> now, they shift them, not with, a, not with a gear shift. They shift them on the wheel, I believe. Uh, not for nothing, but did you ever pay him for Bill Cosby? What the kid? Did you ever pay Pinkman well, for that? No. Going back and forth, you know. We, just, he I wins, it. I win. He wins, wins, but wins. I lose. Him, so I no, can't scratch. I think I lost on that one, but it was a push because yeah. of another bet. Thank you. You're welcome. You know what? What? What was the chicken other bet butt. that made it? Oh, chicken. Which one? <laughs> I don't know. Is what I'm asking. Well, look at your notes. My God Almighty! How could? We're not in charge of this. Okay. All right. Don't we have a bet on John Kelly, the you chief do. of staff? Out by oh, Labor Day. Oh, 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 oh yeah, that's a yeah, that's an easy dollar. Oh, we'll see about that. Yeah, I want to double it. No. Okay. <laughs> Scott Pruitt out by six fifteen. It's already here. Six fifteen today. June fifteenth. Oh. No, June fifteenth. <laughs> Not today. Oh boy. You have that bet already on the books. Yeah. Okay. Jack's audio files upcoming. We'll get caught up to speed with that next on Real Radio one hundred four point one. Spanning the world wide web to bring you the constant variety of sound. The thrill of victory. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And the agony of defeat. Chicken Tantrazini. The sound of human drama captured in a world where everything is recorded. It's time to hear what's in Jack's audio file. Hey, once again, thanks to Dr. Joseph Thundeal, who's a member of the Orange County Heroin Task Force. He's an emergency physician. Uh, helps treat patients in the emergency departments here in Central Florida from complications of drug use. He was a great guest as the Phillips file takes every 30 to 40 minutes on a Wednesday to, you know, try to ascertain the degree of uh, the opioid crisis and heroin crisis in Central Florida. He was a great guest. Let's hear what's in Jack's audio file. Jim, news of a different doctor who was in the news yesterday. Oh. <laughs> I hope it's the one I'm thinking. 
Are you talking about physician Harold Bornstein? Yes, I am. Okay, well, here we go. This was uh, the president, uh, Citizen Trump, his longtime physician, I believe 35 years. years. He was uh, the uh, doctor for Donald Trump. Um, We remember him at the time of his election um, released a statement that he, if elected, he would be the most healthy elected president <laughs> ever. ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Almost sounds like something Donald Trump himself would say. What? Um, however, there was a little incident uh, where the bodyguard and lawyers for President Trump went in to retrieve all of his medical records. But according to White House spokesperson Sarah Sanders, this is nothing but routine. As a standard operating procedure for a new president, the White House medical unit took possession of the president's medical records. That's so, a jerk-off uh, statement. Uh-huh. Uh, I beg your pardon. Uh, she know sorry, anything yeah. about what? the HIPAA rules? You just can't barge into a doctor's office when he's not there and say, I'm Sarah. taking some files. Another example of sort of a, bi- a little fib there, she told. It's not standard procedure yeah. for people to go there and swipe the records yeah. without any kind of, you know, giving the doctor a chance yeah. to make copies. Make some nice shout out of that one, sister. <laughs> yeah, really, that's a big fib. Anyway, Jack, fib. sorry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, it would have been, yeah, They there's trouble on both sides of this uh, story because they're saying it's standard. Um, had the president signed a release for his records, they could have made copies of it and provided it uh, uh, to the lawyer who was requesting the information. Uh, but here she is uh, talking about it. That was what was taking place as those records were being transferred over to the White House Medical Unit as requested. That story's not over with. Uh-uh. Well, by any stretch. Well, the doctor, you know, I, I think has he was a bit of a cuckoo. Yeah, well, I, I think he doesn't like uh, the experience that he had with the bodyguard and, right. and lawyer showing up to retrieve these records because this is what he had to say about the experience. I feel raped. That's how I feel. Raped, frightened, and um, sad. Yeah, they told him to take down a photograph of him and the president from the wall. Yeah, you ought to say, go pound sand in my office. Well, that's when you realize this is more personal. This is more than, okay, we... It's not we want a copy of the records. We want to take all of the originals. Yeah. And you think there may have been some intimidation because they also say you have to take the picture of the two of you off the wall. Did they go through the did they go through the files themselves or did they allow someone from Dr. Bornstein's office? There are three of them. Yeah, I know. Recognize two of them. The third, he doesn't know who it was. The other was Garten, the lawyer. And then, yeah. Right. All I know is other people's uh, data may be compromised as well. Because you're looking through you know, the file cabinet for Trump stuff. File a complaint. And then you see, you well, know. He must have been here for 25 or 30 minutes. We created a lot of chaos. This guy's a chaos. nut job, too. He's a bakuki. He is, because um, he's not totally innocent here. Uh, he released some information to That's the right. New York Correct. Times in the past, and he uh, believes it was innocuous. But, you know, uh, as a private citizen, you... Your medical records should be personal to you, and I I think this is a violation. I couldn't believe anybody was making a big deal about a drug that's to grow to grow his hair, which seemed to be so important. And it certainly is not a breach of medical trust to tell somebody they take Ropecia to grow their hair. I yeah, think it is. is. Yeah. I <laughs> might think it is. is. No, I don't sorry. care what the prescription is. I'm sorry, Harold. You don't blab about any of that. What's he thinking? 
Well, I think that crossed the line for the president, and he wanted. And then you he know, got pissed off. He got worse. pissed off, and he sent the goons into the office to get the stuff. Yep. And well, he, there's he, other stuff in there. It's not just about you know Propecia, whatever the hell it's called. There's well, other stuff in those files. Maybe he has ED. You take Propecia for ED. What? If, for, for if your weed is that what you do? No, if your wiener doesn't work, that's George. This, no, that's no, what they said no, on the news this no, morning. No, 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 that's, that's what for Joe your, No, no, no. But he doesn't know what he's talking about. Joe said it. That's no, for be your true. prostate. If you got prostate problems, oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, let's not confuse the two. If your prostate's Jeez, not working, no. you're not getting your wiener's not working either, right? Yeah, but you're not. Mm. Yeah, but if it's just a wiener problem, you know, you have a, 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 a erectile dysfunction. Ed, I said ed. Yeah, but you're not taking Propecia for ed. I don't think. Should have asked Doctor uh, Thundeal when he's here. No, that's not his. You know, is that area his of expertise? Area of, no, it is not. He's a lot smarter than we are. Well, he would know. He would know stuff. Probably yeah. would know. Uh huh. He passed organic chemistry. He says it's a piece of cake. Uh huh. Well, Smarty the smarty pants. The president's yeah. personal medical records was not the only topic up for discussion at the White House press conference. Uh, Sarah Sanders was also asked about the future of Chief of Staff John Kelly. Uh-huh. After uh, some rumors, or I guess four different sources say he called the president an idiot uh, publicly, they are saying that their relationship is fine. Mm-hmm. I know, Jim, you mentioned yesterday that he might be considered, John Kelly might be considered <coughs> to run the VA. That's the rumor. And, well, that rumor was presented to Sarah Huckabee Sanders at the press conference. No, he is not being considered as the VA secretary. Uh, both the president and the chief of staff are very happy with his position that he currently holds. Currently holds. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's wordsmithing. Yeah. yeah she very satisfied sense. with what he currently holds. Uh-huh. That means right now at this second. Right. Boom. But that could change any second. Uh, now, not so much. Right. Could be yeah. anything. It gets to the point where you can't believe any of the people at the podium. And it's it's what? it's a little distract. I mean, it's a little discouraging for me. You know, you think you're going to at least respect the person who's given you the facts, but they the facts don't seem to matter to her. It's very discouraging. Would you think it would be different if under a different administration? No, I think they're all full of crap. What about if, uh, you know, President Kanye and his administration? He's not running for anything. How do you know? Not getting, ele- not getting elected to anything, that's for sure. Well, despite wearing a Make America Great Again hat and getting some flack from some people for that, and, yeah. you know, uh, he was uh, doing an interview and he has new music out, right. doing an interview with TMZ. Have you ever watched TMZ? I have. They kind of have that open room. It's like shot in, like, everybody come together in the. You know, in the office, yeah, what's the deal? gossip? What do you got? Absolutely. Well, Kanye was there, and they were talking to him about this. And then, as Kanye tends to do, kind of starts going off the ranch a little bit and started <laughs> yeah. talking about slavery. When you hear about slavery for four hundred years, for four hundred years, that sounds like a choice. No. <laughs> like <clears throat> you was there for four hundred years, and it's all of y'all. Really? Slavery was a choice. Oh, boy. All right, so now he he's confirmed to be an idiot. Well, he's well come out again to try to... What what person who came over uh, chained in a slave ship made that choice, Kanye? Maybe you could explain that to me. Well, I think in his mind, he's thinking in, within 400 years, there was... Well, subsequent generations should have done something about that. I think that, that was what he was trying to get at, but it oh, sounded 
stupid, and even the explanation oy, sounded oy. kind of stupid. It's but worse. I'll bet you a dollar uh, that Art Kelly is arrested on uh, on kind uh, on a, some kind of sex charge by Labor Day. By Labor Day, you Art say. Kelly. Now we're jumping over to Art Kelly. Just, yeah, rapping. Right. We're rapping. You oh, know I what see. Rapping. Yeah. Uh, then Art I'll take it back to Kanye West. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not done. No right. deal. He's okay. Not- what? No, okay. all right, forget I it. I need right. to think about it. All right. Kanye. R. Kelly. Kanye. I mean, Kanye. So Kanye, as uh, when any time something controversial comes out, also comes out the rumors that he's off his meds. However, um, uh, one TMZ reporter, Van, he was not letting Kanye get away with, uh, with those comments <laughs> without challenging him on that. I have the complete video posted at realradio.fm. You click on the Phillips file, but here's a clip. You're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to believe whatever you want. And while you are making music and being an artist, the rest of us in society have to deal with these threats to our lives. We have to deal with the marginalization that has come from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people was a choice. Frankly, I'm disappointed. I'm appalled. And brother, I am unbelievably hurt by the fact that you have morphed into something, to me, that's not real. Wake up, bro. Oh, wow. And that was that firm, was to boy. his face, right? In the room. That Who was, said it? Some, just some a, a TMZ think. reporter. Oh, his name is Van. Yeah. Make. Huh? I mean, yeah. So, you know. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Kanye West. I mean, what do you Oh, geez, I better hold my tongue because it's Kanye West. Whatever. Yeah, I know. And speak your mind, brother. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, if... Kanye wishes to take his like Panthers forever issues to Facebook. It'll be a safer environment. So says Mark Zuckerberg <clears throat> talking about new protocols and new uh, new things they're doing with Facebook. This is an important moment. We need to do more to keep people safe and we will. But we also need to keep building and bring the world closer together. Ah, shut up. Ah. Jim, shut up for a while, will you? Hey, he didn't ask to have to sit in front of Congress. He handled it for two straight days. Yeah. Did pretty well. Yeah, there was something else going on that kind of overshadowed his appearance. God, what was it in the news? There was something happening. The same day? Yeah. He got very lucky on that. Trump did some or yeah. something, and everybody was more concentrated on that. He got a little bit of a pass. I mean, there was his appearance was covered, but not to the point where it was story number one. I can't remember what it was, though. There goes his uh, desire to run for president. I'm not so sure. You think he's going to run? I'm just thinking. I'll take that bet. Money. I'm, I hear money coming. Well, you said he kind of spoiled his chance. I don't. He may not be running in 2020. I think I wouldn't rule it out. He was thinking about 2020 because he was on a well, national tour. Remember, he was in Iowa. Yeah, he sitting on a tractor and driving it around. Nah, he was like, just getting information yeah, whatever. for his new app. You don't have to sit on a tractor for that. Because, ladies and gentlemen, now you could go on Facebook, oh, or yes. soon you'll be able to go on Facebook. And? And, Jim, I'm sure this is one you'll be uh, checking out. It's a new dating app. What? Today, uh, we are announcing a new set of features coming soon around dating. Oh, <laughs> Finally. You can yeah. find love on Facebook, Jim. You can. And then, you know, if you're lucky enough to meet in person and they're the person that they pretend to be online mm-hmm. and you go back to one place and you're afraid she's going to look at your computer and see all the oh, God. things you've been doing, guess what? There's a solution for that. Thanks to Mark Zuckerberg, you can what? now clear your Facebook history. It's a simple control where you can clear your browsing history, what you've clicked on, uh, the websites you visited, and so on. And we're going to call it Clear History. 
Wait Here a minute. Here you go. Clear it so they can't look at it or clear it so your partner can't look at yes, it? Yes, all of the above. Just protecting your personal information. I'll leave it. Once it's out there, it's somewhere. Mm. It's somewhere. Somebody can grab it. Yeah, either face either Zuckerberg or the Russians. I'm yeah. telling you right now. What do you got to say that about game. that, Zuckerberg? So you can, you're going to be able to use this tool to see the information about the apps and websites you've interacted with. You'll be able to clear all this information from your account, and you'll even be able to turn it off, uh, having this information stored with your account going forward. Yeah, okay. I don't think sure. so. I don't buy it. I'm uh, not so sure. Man. It's harsh, huh? I don't, I don't have anything to do it's with it anymore. Room. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're off. I am off. I still visit your page. Say, so, yeah, what's Jim up to? Well, nothing, because yeah. he doesn't feed it anymore. Like he doesn't feed walk the beast. down memory lane. Yeah, look, oh. look at him wearing those coveralls and that fake beard. It okay. wasn't fake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <ish>. okay. yeah. <laughs> I grew it in two days. Jim, New York Yankees, my favorite baseball team, have been on a tear, winning nine out of their past... 10 games. They are in a series right now with the World Series champion Houston Astros. Okay? Uh, and last night, they were playing 0-0, ninth inning. Yankees have men on second and third. Open, first base is open. Pitching coach comes out. They talk to the pitcher. Gary Sanchez for the Yankees is up to bat. It's like, okay, how do we want to handle him? It's a 0-0 game. We don't want to blow this now. And that's when this happened. <laughs> fly ball deep center going back Springer still back still back still back see ya a three run home run for Sanchez and the Yankees take a three nothing lead how can you possibly not walk in there so yeah uh, bad mistake by Houston Yankees go on to win for nothing but what happens the pitcher walks off the mound and he was so visibly upset. What did he do? Throw his glove at somebody? No, better than that. Oh, well, not only did the Yankees hit Ken Giles hard. Check this out. Ken Giles hits Ken Giles hard. What? He just punched himself in the face. Oh, wow. Who walking, has it? Who walk, hasn't done that every so often walking, after this program? Walking off the... Yeah, right. Oh, you just say, God, that was a crappy program. You just start punching yourself. Walking off the field, he punches himself yeah. in the oh, face. What? You got wake up, wake up, wake up. Then he then he threw a little fit in the dugout, but yeah, he was pretty pissed. He you know the worst possible thing that could happen at that moment right. happens, and uh, he was responsible for it. So uh, what are you gonna do? I don't know. What are you gonna do? <laughs> so a seven. Well, I mean, what was he doing? Was he punching himself in the eye? No, no, no. What was he, he doing? He, he took a, a right Slapping? a right hook and punched his <laughs> jaw. Well, that's weird. It's just like, bam, and he kept walking. <laughs> God, there'd be a price to pay if he broke a finger or something, you know. <laughs> or his jaw. Yeah. Right. I can't pitch anymore. Down to the minors. Jim, I don't know if you've ever been to California, but they have a 7-Eleven there where you will find them playing classical music. Ah. Why do you think that is? Because it's right around the corner from Symphony Hall. Nope. Let's, no, uh, here. to stop people from stealing. Let's hear from the owner, uh, Suki Sandhu. The whole idea behind this was to uh, discourage for people from loitering and, and uh, uh, panhandling and, and also, most importantly to provide a, a better, a positive uh, environment for our customers to, to, to shop at our stores. Yeah, so why do we see Yo-Yo Ma out there with this hat in his hand? Uh. Huh? <laughs> It's not all about Bub. 
Come on. So they're pumping it outside the store to 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 prevent panhandlers. I can see that from hanging around. Yeah. So, um, hey, you know Tommy Hilfiger, right? I Not know the name. Yeah. You know, I, I thought you knew him. I thought you were tight. Nice you, guy. You run in those. You have a passion for fashion. You oh, run yeah. in those circles, Mr. right? Mr. Fashion. That's what they call me, Bo Brummel. Do they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I didn't know this. Uh, he was praising a model, but kind of gave up one of those backhanded, those Lube compliments. You know, well, he praised the model, but he kind of threw some shade at models, older models. Well, just here's Tommy. <laughs> You're all in on Gigi. Well, look, she's like another one of my daughters. Okay. And I think she's incredibly intelligent. And- oh, here we go. Sure. Not only beautiful. I mean, years ago, models were beautiful, but not too smart. She's on another level. Years that ago, years ago, models were beautiful, but not too okay. smart. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling we haven't heard the last of those comments wasn't so from Tommy to Hilfiger. <laughs> <laughs> I see a backlash coming. Well, they're pretty... not too dumb if they're making, you know, yeah. $5 million a year modeling. Yeah. That was pretty Lube of him. Yeah. In a... <laughs> In a time oh, yeah, I think you'll be a beautiful model, you know, maybe, but, you know, lose 15, 20 pounds, you'd be a wonderful model. <laughs> you don't have to look good to read book, honey. Jim, it was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Lube, all right. <laughs> Jim, it was uh, just about 24 hours ago yesterday <laughs> where I played uh, you some audio from Cheryl, lived in New Smyrna Beach with yeah. a $1,000 yeah. winner, right? Nice and right after that, I mentioned just minutes away, Ooh. because at 5 o'clock was your next opportunity to win $1,000. You know who heard that? Uh-huh. Kurt Taylor from Orlando at 5 o'clock yesterday. This happened. <laughs> Get out of here. Sweet. That's fantastic. Hi, I'm Kurt, and I just won $1,000 just for listening to Real Radio 104.1. So we mentioned yeah. that yesterday. I my name. That'd help. He was listening to the Phillips file, yeah. and at uh, you know 5 o'clock, he texted in the number. An hour later, he picked up his phone, and he was the winner. Congratulations to Kurt, a nice. $1,000 winner. Your next chance to win is coming up at the top of the hour. We do it 16 times every weekday. you got to play. It's free to play, but uh, make sure you answer your phone if you do play, and that's your audio file for today. So you don't want to take it. Thank you, Jack. Good job. You don't want to take any bets? You don't want to take any bets on uh, R. Kelly? By Labor Day, you say he'll be charged with something? Yes, he will be charged with a uh, crime associated with sexual assault of some form or fashion. Mm, by Labor Day, $1. Okay, deal. All right. Moira's got to write it down, and if you don't spell it out, she's going to get it backwards, and then no one's going to know who Arrested owns who. by Labor Day? They charged. They charged. Charged, arrested. Yeah. Well, which is it? Oh. Well, if you're charged, you're arrested, aren't you? I don't know. Well, I'm not sure. Which comes first? Yeah, you've got to be arrested to be charged, right? Or is it the other way yeah, it's around? It's charged with a crime. You All know right, $1, and it's Jim V. Pink. 87 cents. Yeah. yeah. And the next day would be Christmas. All right, <laughs> got it. All right, so by Christmas Eve, he has to be arrested. No, no, I have Labor Day. Oh. Is that wrong? I thought you said the next day was Christmas. Oh, my God. It is wrong. Labor Day's not Christmas. <laughs> you know, you're really getting on my last nerve. <laughs> Good. Just yeah, saying. I'm really going to get on your nerves now because we come when we come back. Mo's going to have some more news. Okay, got that. It's hey. the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Check of the other news. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. As you heard in the audio file, 
a California 7-Eleven is now cranking classical music to prevent loitering. Come for the Slurpee stay for the Tchaikovsky. Next, a Catholic school is enforcing their prom dress code with a modesty poncho. Darn right. We don't need any sexual awakenings under the watchful eye of the Lord. Finally, a college student has received a free trip to the British island of Jersey after he accidentally joined a Facebook group that he thought was for New Jersey. Oi mate don't be bringing that turnpike business over here or I'll headbutt you about the face I will. Headlines were brought to you by Filutowski Cataract and LASIK Institute. Go to myvisionfreedom.com. And transmission. Can't believe you don't know the phone numbers yet. Toll free, 888-978-1041. Sound like we've been doing this for 10 years. Write it down. From now we're going to get some more news uh, oh, from Mo Wednesdays. We've got to move what? things around a little bit. Yeah. But uh, we got some more news. Mm-hmm. We had, what was the food today again? It was truffles. Oh, that's glad, truffles. Glad it wasn't romaine lettuce because they're just reporting the first death associated from contaminated romaine lettuce has out- occurred as the outbreak spreads. So there. Mm, had a salad yesterday. It was fine. Oh, boy. Uh, that's you're what tough. You think. That's all right. I got a cast of yeah. stomach. Yeah, well, no one we, else. Why don't we get you some of that romaine lettuce and see how that but works? I don't have the Arizona lettuce. I have Costco lettuce. CDC said only Moira can eat romaine. Thank you. Yeah. You're incubating the disease. No, no, right I now. have yeah. uh, Costco. The carrier. Costco is fine. Oh, Costco. Like typhoid mo. Yeah. Oh boy, stop it. <laughs> well, Costco as long. It, where's it from? California. Well, there California. you go. That's fine. It's fine. See? Arizona is what you're avoiding. That's right. Yeah, they're pretty damn close. Yeah, it takes one arid breeze to bring that mm. E. coli on. Oh, <laughs> dry breeze. He said dry arid. <laughs> arid breeze. One bad water pipeline. Arid extra dry breeze. Tell you what. Uh, Jim, the White House lawyer, Ty Cobb, with that great mustache, yeah. mm-hmm. is out. He's leaving. Correct. Yeah. Uh, is that enough? He's supposed to retire. That's the line you use yeah, when you want uh, to get out of there. Uh, he's one of the lawyers that was hired not that long ago to represent the Trumpster in this Russia investigation. Now, now they say Jay Sekulow, the other lawyer, came on board kind of to volunteer. Yeah. He's the one that released all those he, he's questions yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the snitch. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it probably took an order from Giuliani because Giuliani... Right. Must have thought that was a good idea. Then we'll blame it on the media. We'll That's blame right. it on somebody. Yes, we'll blame and they, it on they them. tracked it down. They tracked it down to the White House, yep. to the administration. And the president. This Jeez. is disgraceful. Leaking is disgraceful. It's your own people, you dummy. Right, anyway, the Boy Scouts, Jim, are going through a name change yeah, as they begin great. including girls in the program. Girls becoming scouts. Are, the organization is changing its name to say it's not just Boy Scouts. It's Kid Scouts or something. It's called no, Effective. Scouts. Yeah, just Scouts. And it's called BSA, I guess, Boy Scouts of America. So it's called Scouts BSA. Wait a Scouts. Well, why is it BSA? Mm. Scouts BSA. Scouts Boy Scouts of America. Well, that's because the parent organization will still be Boy Scouts of America, but the organization will be under to that. the Scouts? Scouts. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, Pink Eagle Scout. Say, uh, yeah, an Eagle Cubs, Scout. What do you think? Oh. I mean, really, honestly, what do you think about I'm that? I'm all for being all-inclusive. You don't like the name change? Scouts. The name change... No, I'm fine with that. I don't. I don't. I think it's great. I don't know how I feel about the whole thing. All right. Well, mull it over and let us know. Let me take a second. If they did, the, if they changed the name earlier, I don't think you knew. I might have stayed. No, I knew. I might have not quit. So here's the deal, though: the Cub Scouts stay Cubbies, and Weeblow stay Weeblow. Oh, see, Weeblow is the one that That's made the, me quit. Right. I yeah. know. So there's still Girl Scouts, or there's Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts yes. is a separate organization. No, the Girl Scouts will stay right, Girl Scouts. One at a time. Girl Scouts remain Girl Scouts, yeah. but the Boy Scouts 
is now co-ed. Just scouts. The scouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So there's scouts and then there's Girl Scouts. Whatever. Uh, Girl Scout leaders, actually, interesting you should ask. Like it or don't like it? They were blindsided by this move to admit girls to the Boy Scouts. But they don't like it. And will start an aggressive campaign to recruit and retain girls in their program. Mm -hmm. So they're not so quickly giving up girls to the Boy Scouts or to Scouts. They want to keep Girl Scouts. One of the other, I think, overall, it's good. I mean, every organization has its problems in the scouting. Boy Scouts have had their problems over the years, but overall, I think it's good for kids. Now you're going to have girls selling popcorn and girls selling cookies. You're still going to have Girl Scout cookies. Girl Scouts is going to remain the same. And boys only allowed to sell popcorn. Uh, no, girls are going to, if they're in the Scouts, they could sell whatever they want. No, I'm saying the boys oh. can't go over to the Girl Scouts, no, but the true. girls can go over to the Boy Scouts. That's, that's correct. Right. Uh huh. Boy Scouts of America has decided it will go co ed. Right. And call itself and be called the Scouts, Scouts. BSA. Girl Scouts say we will remain segregated and remain female only, only organization. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's fine too. I did not understand this care. story or what this was about. Just I had... don't change the recipe for the Thin Mints. No, no, again. I, no, no. Girl Scouts, they're not. They're not messing with the cookie. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, on the anniversary of Columbine, so it must have been April twentieth, there there were a lot of schools that held a walkout. Mm-hmm. Uh, to remember Columbine and gun violence and all of that. Certainly down in Parkland in the United States Capitol. They had a big walkout the, the month before. Anyway, yesterday, high school students who support the Second Amendment staged a walkout. Actually, today. I'm sorry. Today is the yes, yeah, the second. They did a walkout today in Florida in addition to 39 other places, other states. What are they protesting? It's called Stand for the Second Amendment. Oh, okay. Stand for the Second. Participants left class for 16 minutes. To, pro, to pro, protest gun control measures. They don't want any gun control, these high school kids. They think it's fine. Everybody should have a gun. Stand for the second. And so they walked out of school for 16 minutes. The event comes one month after students across the country well, staged a similar walkout against gun violence in response to Parkland. You know, some one way or the other, at least. Uh, fine. You're know. talking about it. Yeah. At least you're talking about it. At least you're standing it. for something. That's true. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, unless you're getting involved, you're thinking about it, uh, you know, whether agree or disagree, but. Hey, whatever. That's fine with me, too. I guess so. Very loosey-goosey today. Very uh, accepting today for some reason. Are you? I don't Very know why. Nice it's because the doctor was here. He put you in a good frame of mind. Did. I liked him. He was a good interview. Did. All right, fine. He had that doctor demeanor that makes you feel calm about what's about to happen with the shots and the whatnot. It's just these people are so right. smart. I mean, they're uh, just so... Nice. Yeah. The West... Yeah, try to get a degree in mass communications at the University of Florida there, yeah. Doc. Nice try, nerd. Hey, 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 listen. <laughs> um, let's see. We I, mean, I read his resume. It must have taken me two minutes to get through the whole thing. I know. They used a lot of big words in there. And he was able to fit it on one page, as you should be able to do. Uh-huh. No, I'm a pro- professional broadcaster. I can pronounce the word. I just don't know what they mean. I see. <laughs> Jim, your favorite show, Westworld, will be coming back for now a third season. Jack, you see episode two? I did not. I I watched Legion instead, which is another one that leaves you scratching your head. HBO announced yesterday the show's been renewed. It comes just one week after the premiere of season two. They say there will be a season three. I'm wondering if watching the end of season one will help me understand season two any better. Yes. Probably. You think? Refresh. Yeah, refresh is gone. Oh, yeah, Uh I forgot about that. Uh Oh, yeah. And that's uh, the the guy, the black hat. Okay. Okay. And uh, (laughs) the 2018 Tony Awards came out yesterday. I was remiss and didn't really make a big deal about it. But uh, there's mean girls. mean girls and SpongeBob SquarePants are leading the pack. That Tina Fey could do no wrong. I know. 
There are best for her. I like her. I, I like her too. There's a Frozen musical based on the you know the Disney thing Frozen. There's Mean Girls. There's SpongeBob. Uh, those are all best musicals. Also a musical called The Band's Visit. Mm, I don't know what that is. Nominees for best play. But Denzel, Denzel get anything? The ch- I don't know. Uh, for flying that plane upside down. Oh, oh I, I will great. tell you that the Iceman cometh. The Bruce Springsteen four hours long. The Bruce Springsteen um, all right solo show Springsteen on Broadway will get a special award uh, there, uh, and this Tony Award thing will take place on Sunday, June tenth, at Radio City Music Hall in New York City. It will air live on CBS at eight p.m. that same day. Think you could sit for a play? A four-hour-long play? No, the Harry Potter one is eight hours or something. Yeah, but well, there's a lot of, you know, they got that Quidditch going on, a lot of things happening, talking oh, yeah. hats, you know, yeah. talking wizard hats right, and all I that know. stuff, as yeah. opposed to, yeah, yeah, you know, salesmen coming into a bar and talking to a dozen and a half drunks. It's the Phillips File on Real <laughs> Radio 104.1. Chance to win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. From... Oh, yeah. An old cowpoke went riding out one dark and windy day. What? Upon a ridge he rested as he rode along his way. When all at once a mighty herd of red-eyed cows he saw plowing through the ragged skies and up a cloudy draw. Yippee-yay! Black and shiny, and their hooks are made of steel. Their brands were still on fire, and their hot breath he could feel. A bolt of fear shot through him as they thundered through the sky. He saw the riders coming hard, and he heard their mournful cry. Yippee-yay! Faces gaunt, their eyes are blurred, their shirts all soaked with sweat. They're riding hard to catch that herd, but they ain't caught them yet. Cause they've got to ride forever on that range up in the sky. On horses snorting fire, as they ride on, hear them cry. Remember how Banana hated this song? Yes, well, I, I do. don't get it. No, I don't understand. <laughs> I think she was just Ghost pulling her leg. in the sky, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The Onion is reporting uh, that Kanye West has said, I would have ridden away from a slave plantation on a motorcycle. First chance I got. That's according to The Onion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, that Dolores knows how to ride a horse on Westworld. That's one of the uh, the great things about watching a Western. You can tell who who knows how to ride and who doesn't know how to ride. Mm. If their arms are going like this Uh, when they're riding, they don't know what they're doing. Doing oh, the chicken wing thing? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, duh. She's a good rider. Well, I just have to program her to be. Well, <laughs> and shoot. Well. Mm-hmm. See that in the first episode? I did. From from the saddle? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty impressive. That's my kind of woman. Shooting so from the saddle. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Uh, Maybe I think I'll I'm just pu- push ahead and watch episode two and then see if I understand it better. Don't go backwards? Nah. Back- uh, what do you want to watch? The whole last season? 
I was just going to watch the final episode. Lesson. Nah, you don't need that. I, yeah, it's, yeah, you don't need I, that. I, I just see, you look remember. at the recap at the beginning of episode one. That's good enough. You'll you'll get caught up. Mm. Have you watched Barry yet? I saw a little bit of it. Did you, Mo? Oh, the Waiting one uh, with, uh, with, yeah, and I kind of like it. Did, <laughs> Did I watch all the episodes? I may have. Oh, really? No. I've only watched the first episode with That's Bill a, Hader. Yeah. I think I've watched three. Have you? I like it. I mean, it's not, oh my God, I got to get yeah. to episode four. It's not, but I forgot all about it, as a matter of fact, yeah. until you mentioned it. Yeah, I kind of liked He's it. A hitman who wants to be an actor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you seen it, Mo? I've seen, while I was waiting for John Oliver, I saw it like the last 20 minutes of one episode. And I thought it was very violent. What? The piece I'm on that, board. The piece that I saw was what, just what were they some doing? shootout in a warehouse or something. Well, how just, dare those rap I don't want to ruin it. I don't but, think I've seen that episode. Well, then I'm going to... Yeah, spoiler you, alert. Well, Ooh. Is that the one with Bill Hader? Oh, boy. What? This just in, two teenagers found guilty in killing of Winter Park High School oh, student Roger Trinidad. Manslaughter charges. Trinidad. Dad. Teenagers charged as, an, as adults. And they've rejected a plea deal. Bye-bye. See you later. Ooh, I've learned from Law & Order that's a bad idea. Plea deals? No, rejecting no, reject- a plea deal. <laughs> Prosecution always wins in Law & Order. It's true. Yeah, those plea deals. They do those plea deals all the time, and many times people are innocent. But they may have been convicted of a crime before. They may have certain time before. So what happens in many instances, and it will happen here as well, they go to they go to defendants and say, "We'll cut you a deal." Mm-hmm. And the guy says, "I'm innocent," and then their public defender, their defender says, "Yeah, well, guess what? You know, if if by chance you go to trial and you're found guilty, they're going to go away for thirty years. You cut a deal, you go away for eight. And what are you going to do?" And you talk to your your defense counsel. You say, I'm, "But I'm innocent." And they say, "Well, it's going to cost you this and cost you that, and I'm out of time to." Really put in for your defense. What are the chances you're going to win in a in a in a trial? Blah blah blah. But you know, not for nothing. But you know, stacked against you. I'd advise you to take the deal. And you can yell and scream, "I'm innocent. I'm not guilty of anything." And uh, what are you going to do? They do it all the time mm-hmm. in any jurisdiction. This is how they do it because they got this backlog of cases. They just want to push these things, these things through as fast as they can. I would imagine probably most people who uh, are charged with a serious felony crime probably could go through some kind of plea deal, wouldn't you think? Definitely. I wouldn't be surprised. I yeah. don't know if anybody's ever had Great. the numbers, um, but I, I, I'll bet you it's over fifty percent. I'll bet you over fifty percent of the people in the Ninth Judicial Circuit who have been charged with a felony crime. A major misdemeanor crime is there if there's such a thing, go for a plea deal because they said, What else am I gonna do? Better to do uh, four than twelve. Right. Better to do than eight than thirty. It's true. Mm-hmm. That's math. Yeah, it's well, a rip is what it that's is. That's your life. Yeah, you got enough money, so well, okay, you know, I'll roll the dice. Got a good defense counsel. Mm-hmm. Keep this thing going for a while. Maybe witnesses will disappear or change their no. minds. You know what's going to happen. So you roll the dice and you take a chance. In the other cases, I don't have it. You have no chance at all. You think if someone takes a plea deal, then they are like, okay, now we know you're guilty. 
and you're trying to get out of this. Easy. Yeah, I think that's I. That's what I think. If you take a plea deal, you must have done something. No, they're not. Yeah, but they're not. I don't think they're doing it that way. I think they're saying well, we're moving it along. If we charge you with a crime, you know you're facing 30 years in prison. Mm-hmm. What are the chances that you're going to put up, be able to put up a defense? You want to go to trial? We can go to trial. Bring it on. What are the odds that you, who have no money whatsoever, are going to win at a trial? If it even could go that far. Oh, I'd lose every So you're going to have a public defender, and I know the public defenders, many of them are, are newbies. Many of them do not have a lot of experience. They got too much, they got too much casework. So the odds are stacked against you. With all due respect to the public defender's office, if you have to utilize a public defender, you're already behind the eight ball. They don't have enough time to devote to your particular case. So the state attorneys has got a certain amount of evidence. I said, well, you know, cut the deal. Just cut the deal. Went this so long. We're really looking after you. Yeah, you do four years. Maybe you may be out in three. Otherwise, you know, if we go to trial, you know what's going to happen. Tell your client if we go to trial, you know what's going to happen. You can't devote a lot of attention to that uh, defendant, right? What's right. going to happen? Talk to your client because if you're just going to go to trial, boom, 25, 30 years. Yeah, you could say good behavior out in 18. Oof. Still 12. a lot of time. <laughs> it's all right. When you start thinking about it. Yep. Yeah, I'll take the eight, please, sir. Yeah, you get screwed. Same thing with cash bail. That's my newest uh, bugaboo. It's a, it's, a, it's a debtor's prison is what that is. You got people who are charged with a particular crime. They can't even cough up $100 right? to try to get out. They're charged with a crime. They may, they may be behind bars for three or six months. Simply charged with a crime. Not, not adjudicated guilty of anything, but they can't get out of jail because they can't cough up $100. Then you say, what else happens? They're separated from their family. They lose their job. Right. There's no way they can pay uh, the bail or bond. Now, if you have a certain amount of money, but you cash right out, you're getting right out of there. It's true. Or you it's, know, it's people. a debtor's prison, and it costs it costs the taxpayer more to keep somebody charged with a crime behind bars mm. than to fit them with a uh, with some kind of ankle device where you can track their whereabouts. And say, well, if you uh, if you if if they're not buying bars, then they're going to run off. Where are they going to run off? Most people who are charged and placed behind bars, they they're not going to run off because they know if they run off and they're caught, they're going to do a hell of a lot more worse. time behind bars. So it's just going to make matters worse. Mm-hmm. But they sell you this song and dance that, uh, oh well, you know, it's the fugitive. If they if you release them. They're just going to take off, and we'll never be able to find them. And then we're going to have to get Tommy Lee Jones out there and the U.S. Marshal Service to track these people down. It's going to be an incredible amount of money. Yeah. That's a bunch of bull crap. It's the Phillips file on real. It's a debtor's prison is what it is. It's the Phillips file on real rate radio 104.1. And now the Phillips file presents a game that is not about being right or wrong. Wrong! It's a game that rewards the lucky. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! It's a game where you just have to be close. That's right! You've got that right! The game is closest to the pin! Let's go while we're young! And now, here's your ever-excited host, Jim Phillips! By the way, uh, we're changing things just a bit when it comes to Shot Doctor Casting Call. More on that later. Time right now for that regular round of 
closest to the pin. I'm playing against John Owen is the backup. Mr. Pinkman, what's the prize? We have a pair of tickets to see Echo and the Bunny Man and the Violent Femmes at the House of Blues on Friday, July 20th. You can go to realradio.fm keyword tickets for more info on those. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mr. Pinkman. A great yes. prize. Let's get John on board. Hello, John. Ready to play? John on. Yes, sir. Okay, we have a category submitted by Brad, co-producer for All Gaming. Come smell the roses. Facts and figures about the Kentucky Derby in reference to oh. Saturday's first stop of the Triple Crown. Are you ready to go, John? I will give it my best. Okay, that's all you can do and all we ask of you. Here we go in three, two, one. Several records were broken in 2017. How much was wagered on the Derby last year? $20 million. In what year was the Derby first nationally telecast? 1948. What is the capacity of Churchill Downs? 20000 How many Kentucky Derby winners completed the Triple Crown by going on to win the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes? 15. In the thousands, how many mint juleps were served over the Kentucky Derby weekend? 2,000. Time. All oh right, boy. let's put you on hold, bring Jim back in, and record John's time of... It's <laughs> my disclaimer voice. Ember, this Saturday, they're having a Kentucky Derby party. Carlos from the Monsters will be there. I do declare. Hello, Jim. Welcome back. Hello. Category submitted by Brad, co-producer for all things gaming-wise here on the Phillips File. What about the Monsters? Carlos is a member of the Monsters. He sure is. He was on The Walking Dead, you know. Carlos will also be at Ember this Saturday. That's what I was mentioning. Oh, okay. Okay. More on that in a minute. First, your category, Come Smell the Roses. Oh. Facts and... Thanks, Mo. Facts and figures <laughs> about the Kentucky Derby. I wanted to sound so oh, fascinated okay. by Kentucky it. Derby. Oh, okay. yeah. uh, Got it? This Saturday, right? This uh. Saturday, it's the first stop of the Triple Crown. Brad sent us a category for the Derby. Ready mm. to go? Sure, I'll try. All right, let's reset the clock for you and begin in three, two, and one. Several records were broken in 2017. How much was wagered on the Derby last year? Uh, $2 billion. In what year was the Derby first nationally telecast? 1963. What is the capacity of Churchill Downs? 30,000. How many Kentucky Derby winners completed the Triple Crown? Seven. In the thousands, how many mint juleps were served in Kentucky Derby weekend? 150,000. Wow. All right. <laughs> how many were served where? Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. I guess at Churchill Downs. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Well, Come on, you, Brad. An- you answered before I could say at Churchill Downs. Oh, yeah. It was on there. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay, sure. Jim, I have your time. I'm adding five seconds to your time. Ooh. Oh. It's close. You're playing against John. All right. We'll see how we do. Let's see how we do. Uh, Let's see. Several records broken in 2017, but how much money was wagered on the Derby last year? Where? When? Who? At Las Vegas? Some bookie? I'm not sure. I don't know. Wherever they they can track wagering. All right. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brad. (laughs) 
I thought it was a Churchill Downs also, so I'm a... Yeah, I thought it was just a, Whatever. It doesn't matter. All right. Yeah, you could go do so. Oh, what did he say? You go to OTB. Yeah, off, that's right. Off track yeah, betting. you know me. <laughs> you down with OTB? Yeah, you know me. John said... 20 million. 20 million. 20 Jim, million? Yeah. He might be closer. Million. He might. Jim said... 2 billion, uh, two billion I think. Yeah, 2 billion. The answer is 139 million. Well, so John is closer. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At Churchill Downs. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> you think that's worldwide or yes. altogether? 130 million? Yeah, I think that's all the gambling they track. On the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Worldwide? worldwide? Yes. Oh, baloney. That is absolute baloney. Take it up with Brad. Well, I'll take it up with Brad. There's, yeah, that might be Churchill Downs. Oh, maybe it is. I'm sure I'll get it. Yeah, 130, only $130 million, the Kentucky Derby worldwide. Baloney. He lists list his sources, but copying and paste seems like so much work. <laughs> I don't I don't want matter. I don't okay. want to look it's it up. all right. One right. one zero one okay. nil. Yep, you're down one to nothing. Here we go. Here's one you will uh, undoubtedly complain about. No, you will not. I don't think. And what year was the Derby first nationally telecast? Uh, we have a hard date on this. We know this for a fact. Well, no John, question about it. John took a guess. He said 1948. Jim said 1963. The answer somewhere in between. Uh oh. 15.5 million people now tune in to watch the Derby. However, mm. it was first nationally telecast in 1952. Oh, he got John is closer. Closer. Two nothing. Whoa. Oh my God. Stupid game. <laughs> Churchill Downs, Kentucky Derby started with a crowd of 10,000. However, what is the current capacity for Churchill Downs? We're talking for people. Yeah, yeah, seen yeah, it? people. It's a wreck. Yeah. Is it a pit? Mm. Oh, like well. Hialeah or Hialeah used to be at the end. Mm. John said. What, down at the heels, kind of? Down at the heels, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John said it now can pack in 20,000. Jim said 30,000. The answer? Yeah. 165,000. Oh, right. Not too far off. Yeah, Jim, you're on you the board. You kind of were. <laughs> well, it's a point, though. You still get a point. You get a point the way you get a point. Two to one. All right. On, How Jim. many Kentucky here. Derby winners completed the Triple Crown by going on to win the Preakness the and the Belmont Stakes? Come back, kid. This is where you cut me off early. It may, it may have been enough help on time if we get there. Let's see. Come on, Seabiscuit. How many Triple Crown winners? John said. 15. Jim. Seven. The answer? Twelve. Damn! John gets... By the way, Seabiscuit was not a triple crown. No, she was not. Or he? Oh. What? Great book, great movie. Yes. No, great book, good movie. Yes. Tommy McGuire. Liked it all. Laura Hillenbrand, points. She's about due for another book. Points. For being due. (laughs) She's a good writer. Do. You said do. Well, she wrote... Yeah, but he didn't say do-do. The other no. book I love <laughs> what about the you know uh, the guy with the, the bomber run. yeah the bomber was a prisoner of war by the ja- with the Japanese oh. they made it into a movie yeah. that book was a lot better than the movie that was oh. a great book but the movie I didn't even watch it Angelina Jolie directed that yeah, movie yeah it wasn't what it was didn't go name? anywhere what was oh the I'm blanking on it oh. but it was about the runner and he would have set the world record and I know he would have unbroken unbroken yeah they think he. Might have been the first to set the break the four minute mile. Yeah, but World War Two came along and yeah, off he went and mm. suffered. I'm sorry, his atrocities sorry. at the hands of the I'm Japanese. So sorry. Oh man, that makes you angry. It made me angry. 
Anyway, let's get back to the game. Jim, you're losing three to one. I know. Sorry. <laughs> that means you have to get this on the dot. No, yeah. That, that's not going to happen. You don't know. What? You don't know. It's not going to happen. So you negative. Oh, I'll you bet have to your dollar's not going to happen. You're so negative. I give you a hint in the thousands. Oh, okay. Yeah. How many mint juleps are served over the Kentucky Derby weekend? I hope I'm way Where? off. If I'm close, I'm, I'm going to be pissed. Four ounces of bourbon, two teaspoons of sugar. Maker's Mark, right? Four to six yes. mint leaves. Generally. Served over crushed ice. How many? How John many? said. Uh, I'm complaining about this question. How many where? We I know. Don't... You don't stop complaining. Just give us the answer. Where? I, I agree. See? Thank you. They two. both had the same information. It changes nothing. Everybody was muddled and befuddled. You don't muddle it. Well, I no, suppose you, you could. The, you could muddle the mint leaves. Yeah, you tell the You're supposed to, to muddling. It. It's muddling. Muddle you. All right. the answer. John said two thousand. Jim said one hundred fifty thousand. Oh my God! Yeah, drinking a lot up there. One hundred twenty-seven thousand. Oh, Jim on. is closer. Jim gets but you the point. But you, the other guy he wins. Lo- he loses three to two. Oh, oh, good job there, uh, John. Thanks for playing closest to the pin. Remember. Close only counts in horseshoes, oh. hand grenades, and closest to the pin. Louis Zamperini, an American hero. Oh. Yeah, died recently, too. He did, but went on to uh, train kids and uh, and help kids. Went on to talk yeah. to his Japanese captors as well to he make did. peace. Yeah. He was a loving individual. Let's take a break. Let's get an update on the news, the latest in current events. Who do we count on? Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. A postcard written by Jack the Ripper has sold at auction for nearly $30,000. I sure hope his handwriting was better than his surgical skills. Next, a man nearly died after he got sepsis from biting his fingernails. Darn this guy. All he did was vindicate everyone's parents. Finally, a woman accidentally left a $7,000 tip at a kebab stand in Germany when she meant to type in her pin. Dang. I guess now we know her pin is 7000. How creative. Headlines were brought to you by WeAreNotTheBanks.com. And transmission. That's right. If you have $7,000 and you want to buy a new home, you're going to need more than that. That might be a nice down payment. However, you need to get a loan. So where do you? You don't have to go to the banks. There's better places to go. Like we are not the banks. Brad Siebert and his team, they are a direct lender. Mortgage is made easy, can close in 30 days in most cases. Regardless of your credit history, they can work with you. They handle military, VA loans, uh, mobile homes. They can do that. Uh, If you are self-employed, they have a special loan program for you to help secure you a loan you need, whether you want to purchase a new home or refinance the one you have. For all your mortgage needs, their service is second to none. Find them online at wearenotthebanks.com. Coming up next on this Wednesday edition of The Phillips File, a conversation with Scott Maxwell. You are listening to The Phillips File on Real Radio. Phillips File for our Wednesday. Every Wednesday at this time, we talk with Scott Maxwell. Mr. Mac- Maxwell writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. Let's see what's on his mind. Please welcome back to the Phillips File, Mr. Broadway. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm yeah. doing spectacular. How many Thank shows have you done now with your daughter? 
We have four in the rearview mirror, and we have two uh, two more performing sold-out houses, Jim, every uh, time coming up this weekend. You getting that fix? I mean, are you getting that? I got to, you know, I bet he loves talking it. to your wife said, that's it, I'm packing up this column, we're going to Hollywood. Stupid newspaper. Going to New York. <laughs> I don't think I could have been more clear uh, <laughs> that I will never set foot on stage again in this town. <laughs> uh, it, it has been, no, it's been a wonderful experience performing alongside my daughter, and Good. I got to tell you, Jim, don't let this out, because it's not official, but there's a chance we may make it on the elementary school circuit with this thing. <laughs> no. Oh, man, alive. Uh, it's not, you know, don't let this go too wide, because it's not firmed up yet. we got to uh-huh. work out contractual details, but yeah. <laughs> well, good for you. Very let me nice get to your you. column today, essentially. Of course, you're talking about politics, as you want to do, and uh, last week or the week before, you urged readers to send in what you thought were good topics yeah. to ask the candidates for Orange County mayor. And I think you were going to take, what, the top 12 or 15? 15 questions. And by the right. way, I like to say, I immediately uh, sent in a... Well, I thought it was important, of a one that should be covered. But anyway, you're going to get into that with tomorrow's column. Is that right? That was, uh, yeah, today's, I think it was today's column. But I'm going to get the answers once they get them okay, all. Okay, right. It's going to take about a week and a half. But, yeah, and I kind of cheated. I said 15 questions, but a couple of them were like two and three parts. Uh, but, yeah, but the, but, the, but the point is, and I, you, we've talked about this before, uh, th- this country, man, we, we are led around like dogs with a tennis ball from one stupid-ass story to the, uh, to the next. And uh, whether it's whatever uh, pre-morning, you know, early morning bowel movement tweet the president puts <laughs> out, or the the latest uh, with the with the Kanye West, or right. or whatever it is, and we don't we know nothing about what's actually happening in our own communities. And I'm here to tell you that the people in your local mayor's office and your county commission have much more of an impact over your daily life, over your daily commute, over your public safety, over your trash, over all of those things, their education, uh, than the other things, uh, than any of these other things. We spend all these, these unimportant things that we, and I mean the media, spend time fixated on. Well, you know, I mean, it's the old saws that, you know, you know, it's you got to have that sexiness to sell newspapers and get yep. the ratings for a, a radio or a television program. This is one of the reasons, of course, I, I believe the television news covers murders and fires. Number one, it's the easy thing to do. Number two, it's, you know, it's more emotionally uh, interesting to, you know, uh, to watch or hear than it is about uh, water conservation at the city council meeting. It just is. <laughs> That, 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 that's absolutely true. And it's, it, I think you hit on it with it's easy. Yeah. And, and the way media also has gotten to it is, is we just follow the accusations and the 30-second ads. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the tail wagging the dog and, and polls, which just don't mean squat. Uh, I mean, you know, one, one daily poll to the, to the next. And I did one on the uh, candidates for attorney general where I wanted to dive into a topic we've talked about many times before, recorded in, interrogations. And, by the way, that's a good example. That's a topic I may write a call about how we need to have interrogations recorded, and maybe you yawn until we have a trial like we did with the Pulse Widow. Right. And then all, and all of a sudden you find out that the FBI and other agents, eh, they just don't, they don't record interrogations unless they feel like it. Maybe, maybe a confession's uh, legit, maybe it's made up, who, who knows. Uh, then you find out it's important. But when I finally went to all the uh, candidates for attorney general and made sure I got their stance on that so we could get policies for the next year, after I was done with that, Jim, I asked a couple of campaigns. I said, I'm just out of curious, how many actual issue stories have you been asked uh, about, uh, you know, to write for by the entire state of Florida? And it was zero. 
Well, well you, you make, nobody's you, asking them any questions. Well, you make a great point in your column today, and you've made this point before, and 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 you're right. You're right on target. I mean, these uh, these candidates for whatever office, you know, they go before the Chamber of Commerce, so they go before the Rotary Club breakfast, and they say, you know, I'm candidate so and so, and here's what I want to do, and I want, you know, what we need is better mass transit here in in, in Orange County, and uh-huh. it just goes on, and nobody says, hold on. <laughs> How are you going to do that? How are you going to pay for that? How are you going to pay for that? What uh, do you want to do, and how are you going to pay for it? I mean, nobody, we don't do it. It's 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 part our fault and part the citizens' fault for not saying, whoa, 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 where are you going with that there, cowboy? Everybody I, I wants had, better mass transit, but what are you talking about? What's that going to cost, and how are you going to fund it? I've had more people, smart people, tell me they sat down with a candidate for mayor for a cup of coffee or went to one of his, uh, you know, uh, uh, sofa living room chats, and they go, yeah, I really liked him. And I go, and I'll ask him, say, well, what did he say? He say, well, he said he's going to diversify the economy. And I say, well, that just, that sounds spectacular. I got to tell you, I've spent my life saying we need to diversify the economy. How did he say he's going to do that? And you get the bink, bink, you know, the eyes that go bink, bink, bink. And let me tell you, if you're going to tell me you want to diversify the economy, but you're not going to say anything about how we continue to spend a quarter of a billion dollars in tax dollars every year subsidizing low wages, which is what we do, and we haven't had any candidate really stand up to the hotel industry on that, your your pledges don't mean much. Well, you're going to add eight more jobs out at the research park while we add 8,000 more toilet scrubbers down on International Drive? I mean, it sounds so good, but you got to press for specifics, and and that's the media's job, but but it's also the citizens that got to ask for this stuff. And, man, people will go and complain about stuff on Facebook, but they don't even know which candidates uh, support the things they care for. Well, yeah. Well, you know, let me blow some smoke up your skirt. (laughs) No, I mean this. I I think some people say, well, leave it to Scott Maxwell. Scott Maxwell will get down to the nitty-gritty on this. Uh And any more power to you, and we appreciate that. But you're absolutely correct. We have to do – I think the line was uh, democracy is not a spectator sport. You have to get in there. you got to get in there and be willing to mix it up as a citizen. Let me move on to the GOP. Who is this Denise or whatever his name is, D'Souza? Is that the right name? Dinesh D'Souza, yes. What is this all about? Now, he's, uh, so I, I would call him a filmmaker, but if you can't see, I'm putting air quotes around the word film. Uh-huh. Because, God, the claptrap junk he puts on the screen will make you vomit. I actually wrote about him about three years ago. You may remember when there was a motion to make Dinesh D'Souza's movies mandatory. That's right. Uh, from in the state of Florida. They wanted to force every public, I can't even say these yeah, things. Yeah, some goofball laughing. lawmaker up in Lake County wanted to Alan do this. Alan Hayes. And hey, who's, you could say it's just a goofball, except I went back and checked yesterday, because sometimes this stupid-ass stuff happens, and I got, nah, did it really happen? I pulled up the bill. It had seven co-sponsors in the House. So, yeah, it was uh, it was Alan Hayes, but, th- th- you know, there's no idea too dumb to not get eight sponsors in the Florida legislature. And the idea was that they take these movies, which basically say, uh, you know, liberalism is responsible for America falling falling apart. And, and, and in this case, it was called America, She's Beautiful. I can't remember. It specifically was an anti-Hillary Clinton movie. Uh, and they wanted to make every high schooler watched the movie twice before graduating. You had to watch it once in 8th grade and once in 11th. So they got a little, you know, they got a little what's the word you can say on the radio? They, uh, they're attracted. 
to uh, Dinesh D'Souza and, and the Florida legislature, the Republicans are. Of course, that bill didn't ultimately go away, go anywhere. And by the way, uh, this this guy's uh, movies when he makes them, they're such claptrap. They get they have worse ratings than than Howard the Duck. I actually compared. I went looking for the worst rated movie I could find, and his are worth that worse than that. Thinking conservatives say it, but anyway. So after the Parkland shooting, he did not make it much uh, headline. Uh, the students are up there in Tallahassee, and they're pushing for you know the kind of uh, basic restrictions that, that that most people, most Republicans, most gun owners are. Uh, no more high capacity assault we- uh, weapons and uh, universal background checks. Right. And when they didn't get their way, uh, when when and and the pictures are, are come out that show them weeping. Keep in mind they're weeping about you know their 14 classmates that were slaughtered in front of their eyes a couple of weeks ago. Dinesh D'Souza starts tweeting, "Oh, this is the worst news these kids have gotten since their mommies and daddies made them get summer jobs." Mm-hmm. So there's there's universal. So he's just a you know just he's a jackass. A I'll say it for you. He's just a jackass. Yeah. So so nobody cares. And I got to tell you, he got universal condemnation, and it was some strongest by conservatives because they didn't want any of his stink on him. Right. Uh, and, and and normally, why would we even be talking about him? We didn't. I mean, you and I, we didn't talk about it. It happened weeks ago until. The Republican Party of Florida decided that's the guy they wanted to make their featured speaker at their upcoming 2018 election summit. This is this is the summit here in Orlando where they're going to try to say this is the ticket you need to support. And they've asked Dinesh D'Souza, who, by the way, here's the other important part, is a convicted felon. He's a convicted <laughs> felon. Not not a long time ago, yeah. four years ago, was convicted of, of campaign finance fraud. Right now, Jim, at this very moment, the governor Rick Scott and Attorney General Pam Bondi are in court trying to fight to stop felons from even having the right to cast a ballot. In this state, right. and they're inviting a convicted felon who was universally rebutted by uh, by conservatives and Democrats alike to come tell them how to think. See, so you can't vote in this state, but you can tell our party leaders how they should act in the state. It's just it's ridiculous. And the and the column I have for tomorrow's paper is basically saying this is the kind of dunderheaded, boneheaded uh, baloney that I'm used to seeing Democrats do. <laughs> hey, I mean, no, it's no, true. No, hey. that's absolutely <laughs> correct. You could you could spot Democrats heads and tails and they'd still lose a coin toss most of the time. <laughs> I mean historically, but That's what funny. we've seen is that the roles have been completely reversed. You have Republicans doing these dumb things, and as you may have seen yesterday, uh, Democrats won their fourth, their fourth consecutive right. competitive race. They are basically four and zero oh since 2016. So uh, for a guy a guy who's covered politics in this state for two decades, and I'm used to this, every story is the same. It starts with Republicans want a seat blankety blank after Democrats screwed up by doing blankety blank. Uh, it, it's actually looking like it's it's reversed for the first time, and that's why I think Republicans are nervous. Do we know if uh, Dinesh D'Souza is a Florida resident? He's not a Florida resident. Oh God, no, no. Well, he's if he not. Were, if he were, he couldn't vote, right? He's no, a convicted he felon. He could not. He could. Well, actually, Jim, that might not be completely true because, as you may remember. Remember, one of the problems with this scheme is you can get your voting rights back if the governor and attorney general personally, right. 21 million people in the state, personally decide you're worthy of getting your votes back. But yeah, you know what? Give Rick credit here. Maybe he just didn't want the stink on him. He quickly came out of there and said that Dinesh D'Souza is disgusting and has no business speaking oh. to us at our convention. But the party chairman says, hell no, he doesn't. I'm bringing him down here still. Who's so, the party chairman? Who's the Republican Party chairman in Florida? I don't, I don't know. Know who it is? Well, I'm going to tell you this. He's got the best damn name in politics, Blazing Goglia. Oh yeah, okay. I kind of liked it. 
Yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's a good name. But yeah, he's he's doubling down on this and saying that uh, he's going to stick with him. He did after he took a bunch of heat. Add about three more uh, speakers like Grover Norquist. If that gets you, oh boy, uh, yeah, that's yeah. getting me. Oh, I'm getting uh, I'm, shoot, I'm getting excited now. Yeah, Grover <laughs> but, Norquist. Yeah. But here's the point that I say, you know, you don't have to be a you don't have to be a PR uh you know, expert to realize that now this is the story. This is the story for the next two months. When you get there, a uh, guy who mocked pop- Parkland teenage mass shooting survivors uh and felon invited to uh keynote Republic who wants that? That's just not smart. Let me move on uh, before we let you go and find out what you uh other things you're up to. What about these love bugs? You wrote about love bugs the other day. Yeah. And that's the you know, we hate them. Uh, you can't get, you know, it's just... They ruin your car for yeah, the just, grill or whatever, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. What do you well, do? One thing you're going to do, Jim, is uh, this was my one piece of useful information you know in a column where I was otherwise riffing for about 25 paragraphs, is that uh, dryer sheets, maybe you know this already. They do what? Dryer sheets are the best thing you can use to get them off your car. Oh, no kidding. You dampen the dryer sheets. They got just enough of the sort of the texture to scrub it off, but not enough to damage any of the paint. So if you get those sons of guns on there, uh, that's what you do. What I also learned about love bugs, though, I um, I thought when they got together, I wasn't sure whether it was you know nonstop rumpy pumpy for all the time they were together. Rumpy it, pumpy. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Did you really say that? Love it. I think I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna use that now. Yeah, I know I'm going to use it. I, I heard it from a Brit once, and I always thought it was spectacular. Uh, but they they they're stuck together. They only live about four days. The poor sons of guns. Uh, but hey, not a bad way to go if you're doing that the whole time. But mainly the reason is that the guy love bugs uh, get on there and infertilize the female. But if they don't stay on the female, somebody else will come and fertilize her behind them, and then his is the babies that get born. So they basically just won't leave. They're protecting their turf. It's amazing. Some years you get a heavy, you know, concentration yeah. of them. Other years they hardly exist. You know, they hardly exist. Some, you know, you drive and you'll go through an area there none at all, and then you hit a cloud of them. And did, I can't remember. Did you mention in your column because the the word had always been this was an experiment at the University yeah. of Florida that went wrong. I did not mention that, but you are absolutely right. It is a uh, urban legend, or at least alleged, that it was. Uh, I think UF scientists that were looking for some way to combat mosquitoes. Yeah. Uh, and if, by the way, that would not speak well of the scientists at UF because those bugs don't do anything. Uh, they couldn't combat, you know, each other. Uh, but uh, that is not the case. And in fact, uh, I talked to two of the entomologists at UF, and one of the points they made is that if we had engineered these things, they would have been orange and blue. So that is, in fact, uh, not the case. Yeah. But 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 what you did notice some years, you mentioned they're not as bad. They're actually kind of dying out. It, like 20 years ago, you couldn't drive up and down the turnpike right. without stopping at a rest stop and having to, to, to wipe them off. You may have noticed there's fewer of them around. And the main reason for that is because they have no natural defenses. The only national, natural defense they have is that they taste bad. So mm. some birds don't want to eat them. But that's, that's a well, pretty cruddy Natural defense, you know, you can, they don't got kung fu or has, has, la- lasers or anything, so they're not starting to die out. Has base. any entomologist said, well, you know, everything has its purpose and yes. some kind of cycle, so uh, the love bug exists for, I mean, it, it, is it food for, for some animal out there, some bird out there? 
what's it, what's it, its you connection? Are, you are very wise. We don't ever generally we don't ever want to get rid of anything, yeah, sure. any living creature, because it disrupts something else. And love bugs are food for birds. And on the flip side, they eat decaying vegetation that would otherwise huh. rot, particularly on roadsides uh, and where there are small petals of water. So they take care of uh, vegetation that would otherwise uh, be lingering around, and then they are also a food source for birds. Wow, learn something new every day. What's wow. coming up? Uh, column tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow is what I was talking about just yep. about a little while ago, the role reversal of Democrats and Republicans. I, I, I never thought I'd live to see the day, uh, but they look like they flipped it right now. And then Sunday, Jim, uh, which I'll have online on Friday probably, is something I bet you all will be talking about uh, down the road and you may have talked about before. Orange County is finally going to take some gun action, it looks like, to the likes of which they've uh, not really taken before and look posing for uh, pushing for universal background checks to stop the sales at the gun shows uh, without background checks, which is once again something that even 80% of NRA members say they like, right. but has never been happened. Uh, and uh, that's supposed to happen next Tuesday. It's going to be up for discussion anyway, and uh, some of the county commissioners are being a little tight-lipped about where they stand on it. There you go. We'll be looking forward to it. Good job as usual. Thanks for joining Thanks. us. My pleasure. You got it. Scott Maxwell, he writes the Ticking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. That break after we get through with this, then Shot Doctor comes in, do a little something a little bit different, not drastic when it comes to... Uh, Casting call, and then the five minute professor will join us on Real Radio 104.1. Your next chance to win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. Phillips file for a Wednesday. What does that mean? At this time, our good friend, the shot doctor from FM 96.9, the game, drops by. FM minus six nine the game Orlando sports later. Oh, I forgot that one. Okay. For uh, shot doctor casting call, we'll get to that in a minute. He's, There's a little bit of change when it comes to casting call. So uh, how was the change. draft I don't party? Like change. The draft party broke all records, Jim, because we had uh, more reservations and a higher attendance than ever before. That's good. That's great news. Good for you. Our promotion director Leah she sent me a text last Wednesday, yeah. letting me know that we were full. So. We had some walk-ups also. I think it was the best party yet. It gets bigger every single year. Mm. Oh, good for you. Nice lady. It's fantastic. Yeah. What did you talk about today on the uh, A lot on the of show? baseball, a lot of NBA playoffs, a lot of LeBron James. Kentucky Derby, you want in on the action? Mo's got the names. You want to do yeah. that today or tomorrow? Either we'll one. pick for you. You got to bet. You got to put, put up a buck. You got to put in a dollar. Oh, no, I don't gamble for money. Okay. What about for fun? I mean, I, I do it for fun. We don't gamble for fun. We gamble for money. I, I don't do that. However, it's a dollar. I see you can be dollar. part of the party. No, I want one dollar. You, you see, can win four dollars. But when you do this, even though it's one dollar, it, it's it, it's the beginning of something bad. No, no, we won't let you go down that road. Well, it could taint your reputation because you are, you know, you're talking sports, you're involved in sports, and nobody wants to think that you're, you know, involved in any kind of point yeah. shaving or anything That'd like that. That'd be like Pete Rose. I don't you gamble. Know, getting on your own team. Don't gamble at all. I don't gamble, so I will respectfully decline your invitation to be part of this gambling thing. All right, all right, so okay. we're going to divide up all the names of the horses that are running. Yeah. No pizza for you. Uh, oh, he never gives pizza to us. Every Tuesday, he brings a full, large pizza, eight slices, eats four for lunch, four for dinner, shares zero. Out of all the food that we've shared for you. Uh-oh. With Every you Tuesday. Over the years. My, mine's a budgeting situation because that that, <laughs> that, that pizza has to get, I get two meals out of that. No, you don't understand because you saved money because you ate food that we provided to you so you didn't have to buy lunch. You could have saved that money 
and bought another pizza to bring in to share with us. Right, but the food you guys gave me, you didn't pay for. I say. The pizza that I bring in here, I pay for. Oh. So that, that's actually my own money. It's $14.97. I'll run it up to 15 bucks. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is when you came in and ate food that we provided to you, that means that you didn't have to go out and spend money yourself for food. Correct. Oh, so you're doubling up a yard. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. What do you mean by that? Oh, yeah. that doctor. You going to take that, bro? That's his piggish noise. Changing things around a little bit when it comes to shot Dr. Ooh. Casting on the only What's that mean? It's, it's no big deal. We're just gonna move into into TV a oh, little bit. Because I'm running out of good movies. Mm. I am. So we're moving, you know, so, yeah, just think about that. So we have something for you today. It'll be Shot Doctor and uh Mr. Pinkman performing this particular scene. And we want you to think about it. And if you can tell us what it is, text us at Real Mobile seven seven zero Three when a shot doctor you've been working on this for a while? Yeah. Now, I'm not gonna say anything about it. I told you as you were leaving the office, this yeah. is this is what this is who you are. All right. This is if, if I may ask, is this a film or a television program? It's a television a movie? Program movie kind of just listen to the dialogue and figure it out. I think you can. Did we determine if we had any music or not? No uh, music? It was hard to find comparable. Oh, Chopin or anything? But, you know, we can... oh. I'll find some yeah. Chopin for you. This one, this one, Jim, really needs music to really set the scene. The, I think when, when I watched the video that you guys yeah. sent me over, yeah. the music really, really set the scene. Let me see if, if we you can know what I'm saying. find something. I, I'm not giving it away. I'm just saying that. In, in I that understand vi- what you're that, saying. The video, uh, it, it's, the music is a big part of it. I agree. I agree. Let's try to track down some music quickly. Fire it up. Let me see if this will work. Nope, that's no, what are you doing? <laughs> Jeez. I couldn't hear it. Not well, a funeral. He can't hear it when he's... Let me listen to this. Ah, that's perfect. Yeah, we can okay, do that. Okay, there we go. Now, it's got to be a level where it's, it sounds good to the background. All right, it's quiet on the set oh, now, all right? We need mm-hmm. quiet on the set. This is soundstage work, even though it's outside, I think. Okay. Anyway, cables are set aside. Lights are perfect. Everybody, shh, and ready, action. Why is this house called a castle? Because it used to be one till they moved in. What can you mean? Just that. It used to be a castle about a mile oh, this away. This is terrible, cut. Oh this my is God. absolutely. <laughs> the two of you are. This is absolutely. Oh. <laughs> both of you are horrid. Uh, You're just absolutely horrid. You should never have gone down that I've road. been practicing this, Jim, for three hours. I was perfect, and the music set the scene. All right, I needed the music a little bit higher. Remember who you Louder, are. Yeah. This is. Okay, here we go. All right, I get I, Take two. No, no, hold on for just a minute. Let me remind you who you are. This will be a hint for people to identify what it is. You are British. You are young. You are aristocracy. You are gay. Ready? <laughs> oh. Action. Why is this house called a castle? Because it used to be one till they moved in. What can you mean? Cut. Moved in? It's not moved in. It's moved it. That's what I said. No, you said moved in. It was the accent I used. The accent is it terrible, turn, turn and the line you muffed. That's a fun trick. Ready? Quiet. From the top. Take three. There we go. Action. Why is this house called a castle? Because it used to be one till they moved it. What can you mean? Just that. 
It used to be a castle about a mile away down by the village. Ah, ah. <laughs> you're, so, you're terrible. Oh you sound God. like a really bad Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you are young. You're young. You're, you're young. young. You're and gay. Fun, you're and... filthy rich. You don't have a care in the world. Yeah. That's how I felt. <laughs> now, I know. That's, yeah, but you didn't you sound have, like that. You have to sound. Can we, like... we start with the top again? Yes. Okay. There okay. we go. I got this. All Take right. Four. Can we just let it play Take out. Four. Though? Here we go. We got this. Action. Why is this house called a castle? Because it used to be one till they moved it. What can you mean? Just thought. It used to be a castle about a mile away, down by the village. And when they took a fancy to the valley, they pulled the castle down, cast it stone by stone up here, and built a new house. I'm rather glad they didn't, aren't you? If it was mine, I couldn't live anywhere else. Well, it isn't really mine. Now, just for the moment, it is. <laughs> now, usually, it's full of ravening beasts. What kind of beasts? Ravening beasts. <laughs> if only it could be like this always, always alone. Always summer, the fruit always ripe, and Aloysius, along with us, always in a good temper. Tamper? <laughs> always in a good temper. Aloysius, always <laughs> in a good <laughs> temper. <laughs> right. The I word is temper. I thought he said tampon. It was the accent. Like, what are you it, saying? It was, it was the, it was the oh accent. Oh, my goodness gracious. That was awful. That may have been no, the worst might... performance ever. And all these years you've been doing this casting, all that. You get the stink bomb, Jimmy, this yeah. time. Because that was a stink you bomb. You should get in your truck and drive all the way to Tamper. <laughs> what is that? My God, was I good? I was aristocratic. Uh, not really. Young. You didn't I, sound aristocratic. Whoa. You didn't sound I, young. You didn't sound gay. You didn't sound anything. You didn't sound happy. You sounded like happy. You sounded happy. like a hundred years old. And you were from Russia. <laughs> My God, was I good? <laughs> Might be obscure, Jim. But I don't think anyone has correctly guessed it. Well, it's from TV. Yeah. It's a made-for-TV? Godzilla yeah. versus Jaws. It's a made-for-TV no. uh, series. It was very popular. Bewitched? No. Stranger Things? Uh -uh. Uh, the Simpsons? Oh. Mr. Belvedere? Uh -oh. Gave it away with a hint. Uh, I don't know. I've Pinkman just gave me, told me what it was. I've never heard of it before. Never heard either. of Bride, Bride's ah. Head Revisited? That's what it is. If nobody's no. going to get it. I am Jeremy Irons. Bride's Head Revisited? Bride's Head Revisited, a novel, a TV show based on the novel by, I think, Evelyn Waugh. Oh. Hello. My God, was never I good. Wasn't I, Jim? My God, was I good. You were something. Well, you didn't sound you didn't sound aristocratic, and you didn't sound, I hate to use the word sound gay, but if you saw Brideshead Revisited, happy, happy, you would have happy. seen, okay, these are two young, happy-go-lucky, happy, happy. very filthy, rich, Not a care in the gay world. men, yeah, who are uh, very fond of one another. That's the aristocratic. The great Jeremy move. Irons. I, I feel good about this. It used to be castle about mile away down by village. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. Right, here's what you do. Here's what, I got a couple want. of minutes. Here's what. No. Uh, can I you do it? You want to do it? Yeah. Yes. Southern accents. Can you think you can do it? Pull it off with the southern let's accent? Make it southern. Like Ready. Let's quiet on the set. Which one am I? It the doesn't same, matter. The same same one. guy. Ready. Ready. Make it quiet. Southern. Oh, take five. Action. Why is this house called a castle? There you go. Hell no, because you used to be one till they moved it. What can you mean? Just that. It used to be a castle about a mile away by the village. Uh -huh. And when they took a fancy to the valley, they pulled the castle down. Cast it stone by stone up here 
and built a new house. I'm rather glad, aren't you, that they did that? If it was mine, I couldn't live anywhere. <laughs> well, it really isn't mine. Now, just the moment it is. Now, usually it's full of ravening beasts. If only it could be like this always, always alone, always summer. The fruit always ripe. And Aloysius, uh, Alo with us, always in a good temper. temper. You're not supposed to read what's in the temper. parentheses. <laughs> Why are they even there? You spelled Aloysius out for that. <laughs> in your oh, back. I thought that was part of the script. No. Now I'm getting in my <laughs> truck and going to temper. <laughs> you sound like a prospect. My God, was I good. That was a hell of a lot better. Uh. Than the better. first one. I do better. British accents, Southern accents. <laughs> yeah. I do it all. That's oh. why I'm a 27-time Jimmy Award winner. Oh, my God. Oh, Brian God. i got tears so coming up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jack, I can't be stopped, can I? You can be. Oh, Thanks. Boy. All right, shot, doctor. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> best best yeah. shot. That was the best oh, ever oh, shot. You oh might get God. a Jimmy for that just one. See, I told you. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. The way right. he converted it from British aristocracy to Southern boy is just uh, legendary. That's acting. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. It's time to rise above the fud jokes and hemorrhoid humor. Even if only for a few fleeting moments. And actually learn something. This is the five-minute professor. Alright, we just got through a Western rendition of Brideshead Revisited. Let's get to the serious business. Greetings and salutations, Professor. And to you, Mr. Phillips, and the file, it is a pleasure being with you on a Wednesday evening. Got that right. What do you got for us today? Well, you ever have a conversation with someone and realize they have a connection to your topic that you had forgotten about? Well, give me for instance. Well, so here's the thing. I was telling the story this past week of uh, the person who fired me the first time in radio. Yeah. A person who I never wished ill on. Mm. But I was not unhappy when ill befell him. I felt like that before. That's uh, Schadenfreude. It's a little bit of Schadenfreude, yes. Um, Bud Paris was the program director at my very first job. Point for that. And he had me fired because I was a part-time employee, and I got another job to supplement my meager income. Yes. And he said, well, he wasn't loyal, in spite of the fact that I worked probably 10 unpaid hours a week, and I was only getting paid $5 an hour as it was. So something happened to him? You got pleasure from it? I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how much pleasure I got. That's Schadenfreude. I wasn't, I wasn't saddened by it. it. I, <laughs> well, but this has nothing to do with Schadenfreude. Yeah, or but it's, still, well, it's close to Schadenfreude. So here's the thing. <laughs> I'm telling this story to someone who I don't think of as being another person whose last name is Paris. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, was speaking with, I was speaking with Benjamin Paris. But I don't think of him as Ben Paris. I think of him as the mayor of Longwood. Nice guy. Oh, whoops. So what I'm saying, and he says, well, you know, we're probably related. And I said, oh, right. You have the same name. Oops. So, as a result, we're going to talk about Paris for the benefit of the mayor of Longwood. What the hell? I mean, well, was, wait a minute. Was, all the way was he related? Yeah, exactly. They are not related. Uh, Do you have to move now? Ben Paris is a nice guy. Well, I'm sure he is, but I don't understand what a lot. Of, I mean, it's not an uncommon name. As a last name, it certainly is. Paris, I don't think it's an uncommon name. It's it's an uncommon last name. I don't think, you know, it's not Johnson or Smith. I mean, Paris. No, I agree. It's not a Johnson and Smith, but it's not a... 
you know. The thing was, McGillicuddy. I completely, <laughs> I completely forgot that was his name. Oops. We were just talking, and, and it came up, and I said, well, there was this guy. And I started telling the story of this guy. So in my head, I wasn't thinking about his last name and the fact that it was also Ben's last name. None of it was connected in my head until he said, eh, maybe we're related. Yeah, I'm surprised the mayor didn't say, why are you telling me this story? Because I'm oh, ready actually, to slip my wrists. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I mean, I'm, you know, the mayor's getting ready to. Yep. The mayor and I had a very uh, enlightening conversation. He is a, he is a cool. I'm sure he is. Yeah. And everything I talk to him about, I find out something slightly more fascinating. All right, you got five minutes on Paris. Here it is. Paris, 2.2 million people live in an area about a third of the size of Orlando. Oh, wow. I've been to Paris a couple of times, and I didn't know there was a bad section of Paris, but there is definitely a big chunk that is bad in Paris. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like any city. Any city is going to have a bad part of town, but there's 2.2 million people living in a city a third the size of Orlando. The metro has 12 million people in it. Yeah. That's 20% of the people that live in France. 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 Paris is named for the Celtic tribe that lived in the area when the Romans arrived. It was called Parisi, the tribe. So the Romans created what is usually referred to as Lutetia, but it's Lutetia Parasorium, which means the Lutetia of the Parisi tribe. Okay. So it's got nothing to do with the Greek hero, Paris. That's really where we're going on that. Oh. Paris has become the headquarters for the Gaulish tribe known as the Franks as early as 508. The city was sacked by the Vikings in 845. Mm. Paris is one degree of latitude north of, name a city in the United States. You think it's one degree north of? Uh, Boston. Further north. Um, Augusta, Augusta, Maine? Further north. Montreal. That's not in the United States. Oh, oh I didn't know you said that. in the U.S. How about- yeah, in the U.S. It's Seattle. It is one degree north of Seattle. Mm. Mm. It's much further north than we than I think of it anyway. It has never been destroyed by war or natural disaster. The city has never. It was sacked by the Vikings, but not burned. Thirty-six million visitors in the year 2016, making it the top tourist city in the world. Thirty-six million visitors in 2016. The top tourist attractions are the Notre Dame Cathedral. Uh, which welcomed over 12 million visitors in 2016, although I don't know how they know because it's just a church and you can walk around the outside of it without being registered anywhere. So I think they just made that number up. Uh, The Louvre had 7.3 million visitors in 2016, making it the most visited art museum in the world. What's your Uh, favorite, uh, arrondissement? Uh, that's, that's an excellent question and well pronounced. I'm Thank giving you. you points for arrondissement. Uh, I don't know that I have a favorite uh, because every once in a while I read something and, I, and, and it says which arrondissement it is in, and I say, "Well, that's interesting," and then I move on. I'm gonna go <laughs> yeah, with the me too. I'll well, go with the eighth. <laughs> well, I'll take okay. a point. That's all I know. Uh, as of 2013, the city of Paris had 1,570 hotels with 70,034 rooms. Of those, 55 are rated five-star. Most of those belong to international chains. Uh, Paris has been famous for its grand hotels since the first one, the Hotel Maurice, opened for British travelers in 1817. In addition to hotels, in July of 2017, Paris had 60 
65,000 Airbnb homes. 65,000 Airbnb homes. No kidding. More Airbnb homes in Paris than there are in every city, every every person who actually lives in Sanford. Um, <laughs> under French law, however, renters of those units still have to pay the Paris tourism tax. Airbnb paid the city government of Paris 7.3 million euros in 2016. Paris is also a major international air hub with the fifth busiest airport system in the world. It is served by the uh, Charles de Gaulle de Paris Orly in the Beauvais-Tillet airport. Together, these three airports recorded 96.5 million passengers. The number on the year on that, though, is only 2014. That's yeah, a great city. It. I have enjoyed that city. It is a city which I akin to New York. I think London reminds me very much of Boston, and Paris reminds me of New York, and Parisians remind me of New Yorkers, because like New Yorkers, uh, Parisians think that all of France is Paris. And New Yorkers think all of the United States is New York City. There you go. Keep that thought. We're going to get back maybe another minute on Paris. Then the pop quiz. It's the five-minute professor on the Phillips file on Real Radio 104.1. Check of the news. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. A paintball war rages on in Detroit. People have been getting arrested after cop cars have been getting shot at. Didn't this happen in the American cinematic classic 8 Mile starring Marshall Mathers? Next, two teachers in Polk County, Florida are being accused of making a seven-year-old student scrub the floors with a toothbrush. I mean, it's not like they use those for teeth out there. I'm sorry. Finally, a homeless man broke into Jerry Brown's residence and says he's an open-door policy kind of guy. Wow. This guy is the sort of politician we need. Homeless man for president. Headlines were brought to you by the free iHeartRadio app. Alexa, play Real Radio 104.1 on iHeartRadio. And transmission. Call now for person, place, or thing. 407-916-1041. From, let's get back to the five-minute professor. We had a short lecture on Paris. Let's get another minute or so on that, and then we'll have a pop quiz. All right, professor, what else you got on Paris? The movie industry was born in Paris. When Auguste and Louis Lumiere projected the first motion picture for a paying audience mm. at Le Grand Café on the 28th of December, 1895. Here are some movies that have featured uh, Paris in them. Uh, French Kiss, no surprise. Uh, Ratatouille. Yeah. You folks are a fan of the Ratatouille. Mars Attacks. War of the Worlds. Yeah. Devil Wears Prada. Of course, a movie that started in Paris, The Da Vinci Code. Are you ready for the questions? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Fire away. Although never destroyed in an actual war or in any natural disaster, Paris is destroyed in many, many movies, including by General Zod in <laughs> Superman 2, oh, Jim, released the... in what year? Nine... Jim, 1976. After 1976. Jack, 1978. After 1978. Oh, oh Superman 2. Oh. Yeah. Come on, everybody. 1983. Before 1983. Fritz. Fritz. Mr. Fritz. 1980. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1980. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is absolutely correct. Damn. Is there no one on this planet to even challenge yeah, yeah, me? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's General Zod. The Rubik's Cube was first sold in 1980. It was developed in what country? Jim. 
Mr. Phillips. Uh, around uh, uh, Czechoslovakia. Oh, good one. Uh, it is not close. Czechoslovakia. Uh, close. I yeah, know that's why I didn't give us a direction. Yes, I don't really know Europe. It's a Baltic that state. Really what it comes down to. <laughs> uh, Come on, Mo. Jack uh, Poland. Uh, it is definitely south of Poland. Oh. South of Poland, Mo. That doesn't help me at all. Romania, maybe. Um, Romania. Romania. I don't. It's a ball. I'm sure. I'm almost positive it's a Baltic state. It's not a Baltic state. I think we should narrow it down to Europe. I'm not positive it's a Baltic state. <laughs> okay. It is Eastern European. You're in the right part of the world. Woo! Okay. Ukraine. Go Ukraine. Come on. Run out of time. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I don't it... want you to be a pest. Oh, oh come oh, on. Tainted and unclean. Yugoslavia. Pinkman. Mr. Pinkman. Hungary. Hungary. Oh, Hungary. Yay. We like Wait, to pronounce it Budapest. You mostly are at 7.05. Hungary. Uh, the Rubik's Same. Cube still matters. It was a prop on America's Got Talent last season. And the record for solving a Rubik's Cube with your feet was set in March of this year yeah. by an American. Mm-hmm. How many seconds to solve a Rubik's Cube Jim. with their feet for the record, Mr. Phillips? Seven. More than seven seconds. Moira, 14. More than 14 seconds. But not many. 20 seconds. Fewer than 20 seconds. There we go, Fritz. Fritz. Mr. Fritz. 16. More than 16 seconds. But not a lot more. Oh, is it 17? It is 17 seconds. Oh, yeah. It it wasn't actually 17 seconds. It was 16.9. All right, we'll we'll round up. That's that's 17 seconds. Right. 16.96. Since I mentioned 1696, I assume, because everyone does, if you say 1696 is what you think of, the famous Undertaker revolt following reforms in the funeral industry in the capital city of the Netherlands. What is the capital city of the Netherlands? Shim, is it Amsterdam? What is it? Amsterdam? It is know. Amsterdam! Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I couldn't get it out. Well, I mean, it's Amsterdam. I, I liked how that was uh, suddenly Jeopardy, because that was definitely in the form of a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amster, 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 Dam, Dam, Dam is named for a dam on the Amstel River. Amstel Brewery was named for the Amstel River water that was used not to make the beer, please, uh, but to cool it. Oh. Amstel Brewery was founded in 1870. It was bought by Heineken in what year? What year was Amstel bought by Heineken? 1985. Before 1985. Jack, 1955. There we go. Come on, change. Okay, uh, Moira, nineteen seventy. Before nineteen seventy. Not a lot. Fifty-five to seventy, Fritz. Not a lot. Nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After nineteen. Oh, sixty-seven to seventy, Fritz. Come on. Here we go. Pinky. Does it involve a Brian Adams song? Come on. (laughs) Nineteen sixty-eight. 1968 is absolutely correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He didn't oh, yeah. bite on Brian Adams. It had to be 68. <laughs> in terms of worldwide volume, where does Heineken sit on the list of the biggest brewers in the world? In terms of worldwide volume, where does Heineken sit on the list of the biggest brewers Jack, in the world? Jack, work off me. Okay. Yes, Mr. Phillips. Three. <laughs> Higher. There you go. A number, a number smaller than three. Go one. Go one. What? Go one. And you get it. You got one or two choices. Yeah, I want to get it. So. Also zero. <laughs> a trick one. question. Two. I, and it is second all time on the last night. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fritz. It follows the 2016 merger of no, Anheuser no, 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 no. InBev uh, and SAB Miller. Uh, they uh, combined to be number one now. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 so no. The no, answer no. is second. There are 21 second basemen in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Craig Biggio was the most recent second baseman inducted in 2015. Craig played 2,850 games for what team? Jack the Houston. Sam- Houston is absolutely. Oh, Everybody knows that. Sure, I didn't oh, get a chance. Please, come on. Hello, uh, <laughs> Houston. We've had a problem. No, oh, yeah. Those were the lines spoken by both Jim Swigert, the pilot, and Jim Lovell on the Apollo 13 mission. Lovell is one of how many men to fly as far from the Earth as the Moon? How many different men have flown as far as the Moon? Uh, Jim, uh, that's uh, ten. More than ten. No, 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 no. Since Thirteen. If there's walked on the Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just throwing a number out. There, uh, so just setting the stage here. Don't jump on my 13, ass. Wait, 13 times 3 in a ship. So 29. But there are some repeats. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good one, right? 26. Uh-huh. All right. So I'm going to go 40. Fewer than 40. Ooh. What was your guess? 10. Oh. All right. I'll say 22. More Ooh. than 22. Right, not, Fred. Not in the 20s. More. Go for Not it. a lot more. 25. Fewer than 25. Ooh, Pinkman. what are you going to do, Pinkman? Does it involve Come Jeff on, Gordon? Come sh- on, you know, <laughs> throw out a number. I'm going to go with 24. 24 is absolutely <laughs> Oh, Jack Bauer. <laughs> Jim Lovell is the only person who flew as far as the moon twice and never landed on it. Oh, see. 24 Hours of Le Mans is an automobile endurance race that will run June 16th and 17th this year. Last year, a team owned by Jackie Chan won the LMP2 division. The Steve McQueen movie, Le Mans, came out in what year? Jim. Work off me. (laughs) 19... Come on, Pop. 1970. After 1970. Jack, 1974. Before 1974. Moira, 1972. After, uh, before 1972. Oh, uh, Fritz. Fritz. Mr. Fritz. 73, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it is before 1973. I'm going to go with 71, sir. 71 is absolutely Way to go, Pinkman. Yay. Getting all the points. <laughs> of course, auto racing isn't the only French endurance race. In July, the Tour de France involves northern and southern legs, and this year will be entirely within France. However, in 2017, the Tour de France... Jack Paris! Not yet. Next oh, one. Damn it. <laughs> ...began in what neighboring country? <laughs> oh, last year? Last year. Jim. The Tour de France began in what neighboring country? Mr. Phillips. I'm going to give you a clue, Mr. Phillips, just for you. What? If you don't get this right, it will not give me Schoedenfrieden. Oh, so oh it's Germany. It is Germany. Nicely done. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. See? It all comes back around. In 19, now you got points for Schrodenfruit. Thank you. Hey. Uh, since 1975, the Tour de France has ended along the Champs-Élysées in Paris. The final section includes how many laps up and down the Champs-Élysées? Uh, Jim. Mr. Phillips. Five. More than five. Jack, ten. Fewer than ten. Here we go. Oh, it has been ten. It's changed in the last three years. Come on. Moira, seven. More than seven. Fritz. Fritz. Mr. Fritz. Eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is eight. Oh, hey, Fritz. Get the point. Stupid Fritz. Standing round. T- oh, my 88. goodness. 88. No. 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 In fact, I think 
absolutely everyone will be happy with this score. 89. 104.1. Yeah, there it is. 104. I will give you one-tenth of a point. Yay! 104.1. Nicely done. Good job, everybody. We're smart today. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Good job, job, Fritz. We had extra credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, uh, what are you up to? Where are you going to be? So tomorrow I will be at the Silly Grape. That is at the intersection of Kennel and... uh, Fennel. Fennel and Keller. Thank you. <laughs> Fennel and Feller. <laughs> Bob Feller. Fennel and Keller uh, in Maitland. We do that every single Thursday night. I also do a Facebook Live on that, so find me on Facebook Live. We do inside and outside there. It has been gorgeous, gorgeous weather. Of course, this Saturday is Cinco de Mayo. I host trivia every Saturday night at a taco place, so clearly they canceled for this weekend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Rip! (laughs) They don't need them. Nope. You know, it's going to be attached to Hourglass Brewery. It's going to be super duper busy. They've got a band they got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Definitely check out Waco Taco this weekend. They are great guys. I enjoy being there every single Saturday without exception, except for the weeks I'm not there. And then on Tuesday, a place which I really am at week after week after week after week, that is Post Time Lounge and Cafe. Mm-hmm. We start at 6.30 because happy hour lasts for another 30 minutes. Yeah. And uh, so you can come in. You can also get great half-price pizza. Check out my YouTube page. Five a minute professor on YouTube. All right, what do you got set for next uh, next Wednesday? I don't have anything ready yet. Nothing in the works. Got it for you. Rewilding. Rewilding. That's rewilding. Yes. Is that a person? No, it's a oh. uh, it's a uh, ecological process. It's called rewilding. As a matter of fact, just look up uh, gray wolf and rewilding and go from there. I'm, I'm all over it. We are. 100% in on rewilding for next week. Thank you, Professor. Great job as usual. Thank you very much. You got a five-minute professor on oh. Real Radio 104.1. I cut him off there. A little bit. He just and wanted to say thanks. Happens. I could tell. All right, time for person, place, or thing. PPT, oh, oh, what's oh. the prize? It is a pair of tickets to see Jim Norton at the Hard Rock Live this Friday. You can go to realradio.fm keyword tickets for more info on that. That's a nice prize. Look at this underway. You know right about it. All right, Mark number one. I got a couple of, I got three marks on the line. Mark number one, uh, pick a person, a place, or a thing. How about a person today? How about a person? Thanks to Brad for the category. Thank you, Brad. Clue number one, who is this person? This person was born near L.A., moved to New York City, and appeared on the Mary Tyler Moore Show and the Bionic Woman. Mm-hmm. Gavin McLeod. All right. That's your final answer? Sure. Nice guess. Unfortunately wrong. Moving on to mark number two, clue number two. Her exercise routine includes surfing and paddleboarding. Hawaii is her favorite getaway. I'm too young for this. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor? Elizabeth Taylor. That's your final answer? Yes. Not, Not Elizabeth Taylor. Moving on to Jake. Yes, sir. Clue number three, Jake. <laughs> she and her co-star each made $1 million per TV episode, an unheard of amount for 1989. Oh. I did not know that. $1 million per episode. Born near L.A., moved to New York City, appeared on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, The Bionic Woman, enjoys surfing, paddleboarding, Hawaii, her favorite getaway. Oh, yeah, she and her co-star made $1 million per TV episode, an unheard amount 
for 1960, uh, 1989. Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett. That's your final answer? Sure. Oh, I'm sorry, no, not I Carol Burnett. Right. Two more. I don't see Carol Burnett uh, surfing, but no, anyway. You don't know. Eh, I don't know, but I still don't see it. Uh, here we go. James, clue number four. In a uh, twister of fate, she received her oh. Oscar-winning role after Holly Hunter oh. turned it down. I don't know. Oh, man. I, I have no clue. I... Come on, bro. Yeah, it was a pretty... Uh, she appeared <laughs> on a pretty popular TV show for its time. No question about that. She you're going to be mad. Um, I think it's the one from... Laverne and Shirley. I don't know the name, though. I don't know. Uh, what, Scott what was, Bayo. <laughs> what was one of the uh, female actors in Laverne and Shirley? Penny Marshall. Uh, Penny Marshall. That's your final answer? Uh, it wasn't Penny Marshall. Uh, Moving right, right along. Here we go. All right, Mark number three. Last clue. Clue number five. Yeah. In the hunt for the giveaway clue. <laughs> well, this is as good as it gets, for which she won the Academy Award. Her name is... This is so easy. It's got to be Helen Hunt. That's your final answer? Oh, yeah. I'll give you five seconds to change your answer. <laughs> no, no way in heck. That's your final answer? <laughs> no way in Helen. Yeah, There baby. you go. <laughs> yeah, Helen Hunt. One million dollars an episode. Is that right? For what show? Mad About Mad You? Mad About You. you. Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. Yep. Never seen it. Wow. Jeez. That was breaking records at the time. That was on for, what, a few years at least, right? 1989, wasn't it before that? It uh, was. I thought it was well, before that. It might have been 89 when they worked up to the million dollar an episode Maybe. deal. It ran from 92 till 99. Thanks, Brad. But then what was 89? Maybe he meant to write 99. Wait a minute. Well, Hold a on. Or, uh, wait, or was whoa, it a whoa, different whoa. show? Was it Mad About You she got the million for? Oh, Mad About man. You was before 1990, wasn't it? My Look up sor- Helen Hunt. My sources say 92 to 99 for Mad About You. I don't you. know. I'm, Look not, up so, Helen I'm Hunt. not sure about I'm, that. I'm, I'm looking around. What do you think, Mo? I think it was on the same time as Seinfeld, and that was in the 90s. 90s. So. Yeah. Well, I thought it might have been. So, bef- well, well, yeah, but. Oh, we need an answer before the end of the show. We can't leave America. Seinfeld started about 30 years ago. Pinkman. I'm, IMDb I'm, it. I'm, 89. What was she doing? John Alexander and I used to talk about Seinfeld. It just started. 89. She did The Easter Story, mm-hmm. American Playhouse, Next of Kin, Incident at Dark River, a TV movie. Brad must have met 99. Yeah. There's no real TV series for 89. I couldn't. Huh? Well, first mm. that, and then he didn't specify Churchill Downs on the how many mint juleps driving Moira mad. She's going to go home angry. She's got a lot of pressure. That. She's got gonna, a lot of pressure. Fill her husband's ear with a bunch of gobbledygook from this. He's going to get angry and start punching stuff. Yeah. No, he doesn't punch anything. Come on, all, Brad. He'll be all, that's nice, honey, and then go in the garage and start punching things. No. Yeah. He's got Old that pressure boxes. washer now. You no, know, that takes a lot of the... Aggression out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. just start pressure washing everything. Wear sunblock. Yeah, but you keep doing it till you eventually dig a hole in your driveway after yeah. a while. <laughs> I don't think he'll do that. <laughs> it's true. Gotta get cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done that? Accidentally dug a, a divot into anything you were pressure washing? No, why would you do that? I did it on accident. Oh, are you time. pressure washing your grass? No, I was, I was pressure washing concrete, and I didn't realize how hard it was spraying, and uh, 
that needless to say there's a squiggly line on my back porch now i'm gonna get that spot <laughs> wow i'm afraid if he tra- starts trying to use it for the screen it'll blow, blow the screen out yeah blow you gotta be careful yeah, you yeah, can yeah. blow that out after i hear these stories i don't know i never thought about it now you got me worried about that. the leaves off there honey oh <laughs> squish all the screen man Uh-oh. <laughs> or he's gonna try to repair the screen oh, no, no. Over the pool. <laughs> oh, then no. you're going, oh, and he's going, oh, fall. Oh, don't do that. And then he falls in the pool, but he hits his big toe on the edge. Ow. Yeah. Then he can't walk. Then you've got to wheel him around. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> nope. Anyway. It's anyway. A whole what are you going to do? Leave him sit there? Stewing in his own anger? That'll show you. <laughs> Whose idea was it? I told pressure you not washer. to blow that screen out. He, he becomes despondent, only sits in a dark room with three candles. Oh, three candles. Mm. Where are you and, going with this pink? <laughs> I don't know exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where you're going with He's this. painting such a picture. Then he never responds <laughs> to you, never even looks at you after a while. Oh. And you wonder, where did things go wrong? Yeah, and then he's sitting in a wheelchair, and his leg is up, and he's got binoculars, and he looks across the way and sees a murder. Oh. You don't know what to do about it. he got to oh. call Grace Kelly. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, Raymond Burr's running over to your house. Yeah, with a big knife. Oh, and no. all because you forced him to eat E. coli lettuce. Nice going, Mo. All right, let's get out of here. Good show today. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you to uh, Dr. Joseph Thundiel, who dropped by and helped us out with our continuing series of interviews when it comes to the heroin crisis, opioid crisis here in Central Florida. Great interview. Great job. Thank you, doctor. We're out of here. Back tomorrow at 3, right after Shawnee's The News Junkie with Sabrina and C-Lane. They follow the monsters in the morning. Tom and Dan are next. So. Tonight, eat dessert first, grin like a dog, wander aimlessly, pound your conch as often as you can, buy your books with cash, and eat some ants. Bye-bye and take care. minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. Hey folks, Teacher Appreciation Week starts next week, but this week you can sign up your kid's teacher and give them a mega thank you. Go to Real Radio